Albuquerque's macro-aggression, Eddie Aragon, The Rock of Talk. On this Tuesday afternoon, I'm Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk on AM 1600, KIVA, BQ.FM, rockoftalk.com, 550-5500, right here in the Kiva. Glad to be here with you and yours for our hailstorm extravaganza. Yeah, we got some hail. What the hail? What the hail? What in the hail? What in the hail? Yeah, that's a hail out there, and uh, all hell has literally broken loose. We tried to do some predictions yesterday, and then... We did uh, two hours of sarcastic radio, which I thought was really good. I enjoyed it myself. I'm, I'm ready to go do it again, but uh, I said we would get back into the into the swing of things. We're still waiting for Armageddon, World War III, and all the rest of that stuff. Uh, you can watch all that stuff live right here in the Kiva. Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, podcasting on Stitcher, Sounds, SoundCloud, and Spotify, and um, commercial-free uh, and not just hour three, but on rockoftalk.tv, rockoftalk.chat, and rockoftalk.com. We got uh, D. Dowd Muska. Very bright in your background there, sir. It's dark and dungy in here in the Kiva and uh, out there in, uh, in uh, D. Dowd Muska land. Boy, uh, we've got ourselves some uh, bright lights, big city. What's good with Ronnie Reagan behind you? How are you, Dowd? <laughs> I'm, I'm actually doing better. Oh, uh, Eddie. There it is. We are. All over again. There's Dowd. There we go. Dowd, you uh, there? Uh, I'm actually uh, doing a little bit better than the uh, chief uh, flack for our president, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I just learned moments ago that for the second time, not the first, for the second time, Jen Psaki has tested positive for coronavirus. Wow. Uh, she's going to miss the president's upcoming international trip. Last Dang fall, it. she tested positive just ahead of his G20 summit in Rome. She's 0 for 2 for international trips due to the Rona. And, of course, she's proudly fully vaxxed. Oh, uh, hot sake. Uh, there she is. The uh, She burns bright with the, the reddest hair of maybe any woman that has ever been seen in the executive uh, branch of the office. Uh, still running those unbelievable, strange-looking uh, Dowd uh, uh, White House pressers, which don't seem to be going very well. We're going to jump right into that. Uh, folks, become a subscriber today at rockoftalk.chat. So much to get to. I'm going to let Dow do the drill down because uh, Dow and I are going to do a little what's called, uh, as as some as it's known in the business, a little switcheroo, if you will. Um, and so for the next two hours, he's going to sort of lead the charge. We're going to have Dow sort of lead the charge on the show. And then I'm going to fill in as Dow just to kind of kind of get our reps going that way. You know what, Dowd, I forgot to do? I forgot to load up my spotlight, uh, stoplight here. I want to make sure that that's out there for That'll everybody. That'll brighten things up. <clears throat> it will. Uh, it is a, uh, a green light day. Uh, Greg Zanetti, hour three, like you've never seen him before, is going to be here for that. So uh, me and uh, D. Dowd are going to be here for the next couple of hours, and then uh, Greg Zanetti will be coming in uh, Bright Lights Big City here for hour three, so we'll be doing that uh, as well. So I'm going to ask Dowd. He does not know I'm about to do this to him, but – Dowd, what's on tap for the show today? Big stories. You lead the way for uh, today and the next uh, three days. Because uh, Dowd, I can tell you, when I leave town or I go do something and I'm going to go to El Paso, uh, generally speaking, Dowd always asks to kind of lead it, and I never let him do it. I have yet to let him do it. He knows that. And uh, he's a good enough sport where he doesn't argue with me. Or, oh, no, 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 really, I got it. I can do it. So he's going to come into the studio tomorrow. And uh, work with our producer, Eric, formerly of the uh, the heavily vaxxed and uh, heavily masked, uh, formerly of Cumulus Media, 
now uh, shining. Uh, but did you know they're advertising, Dowd? They're advertising uh, that you can get involved in radio. You can you can become the next big thing in radio over at, at Cumulus. They're oh. saying that. And and uh, I think we got the biggest thing over there. He happens to be here. And all because he decided he did not want to get vaxxed or masked up. And, uh, you know, we took the... Um, we took the best of the bunch, so to speak. I was trying to listen to TJ Trout just to kind of channel through, and then I don't know what the hell's on that other. It was like Black Lives Matter on the quote-unquote other the conservative uh, radio station uh, that's out there and had some woman yowling like a cat and at the very end. I'm like, thank God that is not on my air. And, um, and I was listening to the cackling. You know how women get together and they start whining and they start, you know, when I say whining, I'm like, not like whining. Um, I mean, like drinking too much wine and then they start just cackling going on. I don't Fucking know. Hens, yes. Yeah, like uh, Hoda and uh, what's the other one? Kathy Lee. Right. And then the other uh, cacklers are the view, but they don't need wine. They sort of naturally do it. Uh, anytime you add an old Jewish woman into the mix with that, you get natural, you know, the cacophony. Maybe that's where that comes from. Is that where the cackling comes from? I'm not mm. sure. Uh, cacophony, but, uh, yes. Yeah, yes. cacophony and the, the cackling. And so on, on KKOB, I was listening to uh, Fat Boy and uh, the Fishman. Fat Boy and Fishman. That's, I renamed their show, by the way. Fat Boy and Fishman. I think it's good. I, it's, I like it. It's catchier than the, the, the trout and the other things. So I happened to just be tuning in. And I literally just was listening. <laughs> so I heard the fat guy laugh. And then I heard uh, uh, TJ Trout laughing. I'm like, this is, this is what passes for radio, folks? Are you kidding me? So if you guys want to go ahead and feel like you want to uh, Reader's Choice us, and remember, we call it the Albuquerque Urinal. If you want to go ahead and vote for us in the Albuquerque Urinal, remember, you can't make much more. You can't even make a fire out of that, uh, that newspaper every single day. But if you want to go ahead and uh, give a big up yours and the middle finger to the rest of the market, go ahead and uh, vote for us. Enter us in for your Reader's Choice Award, uh, if you like. Uh, several people have already come forward saying that they're entering us and uh, feel free to join in in all of that. We work hard. Dowd's been involved in public policy for over 30 years and been writing about it. You can find all his writing as well at DowdMuska.com. Dowd, starting this next week, is going to be publishing some old haunts and jaunts uh, from the history of what he's been doing every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. If you just want to see how in-depth, we go way back. We'll put it in the way back machine, all the way back to 1993 when he started writing, and you get to go ahead and uh, get his perspective 30 years on, uh, and it's a complete and total historical. The only way you can get that, folks, is if you're a subscriber. Subscribers only. Let's make sure that work goes for something. And uh, pay the man, as they said in Rounder, pay the man his money. Remember that? Uh, yes, remember when uh, John Malkovich said, pay the man his money? That was, and he, he tosses his cookies all over. It's a whole different view of tossing your cookies, right? Uh, he did it. Um, on the poker table. I, I got to watch that movie again, by the way. Matt Damon's probably one of his best movies. I actually I think that. So, uh, Rounders, uh, but with John Malkovich and the uh, the big bets that's going on. So, line up the show for today, D. Dowd Muska, in the first couple of hours. Let's see. You uh, yeah, happy happy to do it, folks. So, it's kind of eclectic, I would say, uh, ranging around. Um, got a little bit on Ukraine. We don't want to overwhelm people because Lord knows you get enough, but you're not getting the full picture. Uh, there's a great essay by a, uh, some European, some blogger who really lays out some of the historical background of this, again, perspective you're, you're not going to get uh, anywhere else. In a category I call uh, creepy elites. Uh, I've been collecting just the last couple of weeks a bunch of articles about everything from Melinda Gates trying to save face about 
claiming she knew and, and cared about Jeffrey Epstein, you know, after the fact, that kind of stuff, to, uh, you know, Kate Moss's sister and her deep mental illness. Chris Cuomo, he thinks he's $120 million, worth $120 million, $125 million. So uh, very, very, very creepy uh, elites. And then Awoke Gone Wild, um, I'm actually working on a piece, Eddie, for the website, rockettalk.chat, coming up on some of our this might be a recurring feature on Rock of Talk. Ooh, I like that. Uh, in terms of the latest woke insanity, and the element of this, hey, if you're if you're in your home, of course I'm in Corrales every morning. We have the signs: Black Lives Matter. Uh, we shall overcome. Uh, I always look at that sign. Is there really a we shall overcome? Oh, there's a we shall overcome, and, and, and I always think like, what, what exactly are they trying to overcome? What Do are you overcoming? You know, the flyover or what? Your, your Tibetan prayer flags fell on the ground overnight. I mean, what what, what is the great oppression that, that you people in Corrales has been over? But um, when it comes to taxpayer subsidizing this, that's where I think uh, – and Eddie and I are really on the same page in a lot of ways in terms of not being all that into – responding to the outrage of the day you know we had kind of our sarcasm show yesterday we talked about the guy who thinks he's a girl and becoming a swimmer you rarely hear eddie and i talk about that but we, we talk about the yeah. meat and potatoes the deep stuff economic analysis historical analysis demographic data cultural data political corruption the really 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 big stuff we're not interviewing tiger king uh, participants over here um where where I where my antennae as an Andorian go up in the air uh, is when you're paying for this nonsense I, I, on your own dime. Go ahead and be as ridiculously woke as you want. Buy whatever car you want. Put up whatever sign on your own damn property if you paid for it. But when wokeness is being perpetrated by the university system, by city government, by town right. and village government, yep. that's where I think we can weigh in and mm-hmm. not not so much just bitch and moan about it, but actually just expose how ridiculous it is and how nonsensical it is. And also tell the hardworking people in our audience that uh, <clears throat> you folks are actually paying for it. Uh, and then I think we'll, we'll delve into a little bit of the Rona. Uh, it's just too good a deal to give up for bureaucrats and, and public health nannies and ninnies. Uh, there's a couple of articles I've been collecting about the rules still being in effect here in New Mexico. I mean, we're all grateful, I guess, that we don't have the mask for now until the day after election day when the mask comes back. But uh, they are still imposing ridiculous rules. And one of uh, one of them applies to an event I've wanted to go to for years and years and years. And I guess apparently I won't be able to go to it this oh, year. Oh, what, what is it? Uh, you, we're just going to tease it, Eddie, because okay. you got you to yeah. hang around. Look but uh, it, it's, it's, it's an event of, 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 of great historical significance. Let's say World War II taking us into the Cold War, connected here to New Mexico. Right. Uh, you can't participate in this year's event unless you're <clears throat> bang, 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 or oh. maybe the four shots. Uh, okay. I haven't had, I haven't had one. I had a great big zero shot. Yeah, uh, don't, don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, I'm in the, and a lot of you are in the three nose club. Uh, never been tested, never been contact traced. Never had even one syringe stuck in my arm for this stuff. So uh, we're, I you know, have been we're, tested now. Uh, to be I know. Fair. Eddie. I, I took the one test. I, I just wanted to get a feel for the swab, you know. The swab, yes. Yeah, nothing. Uh, nothing uh, feels better than sticking Q-tips uh, as far up your nose for five seconds as as, as that. So we'll kick it right off. D. Dowd Muska leading the way here on this Tuesday, and we'll take your calls five fifty fifty five hundred. That's five fifty fifty five hundred. This will be our last call, by the way, for those of you who want to go ahead. It's the last day of pledge pledge week, literally. <clears throat> excuse me, from last Tuesday until today. Uh, you, know, you think of it like uh, the uh, all the content and 
and camaraderie and uh, good things that you get without the hazing. Yes, we didn't try to go ahead and give you a big snuggie or stick your head in a toilet bowl. Uh, we literally just had a little bit of fun with you to include you in the Rock of Talk. Well, uh, and, and Eddie, as, as we wrap up Pledge Week. We kick off of the Kiva. Go ahead. Uh, just let me say quickly, uh, I haven't said so far thanks to all the new people who have come in during Pledge Week. Uh, you have my great gratitude. We have had more new signups in the, this pledge, this first official Pledge Week that we ever did since when we went live back in November of 2020. So it was pretty much our best week ever. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Dowd. Uh, how about we uh, we'll bring it back in just a couple of minutes. Uh, we 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 uh, we'll we'll rekick off with Dowd starting off everything. We're going to let him do some intros, and then I'm going to be right here by his side for all of this. It's going to be a lot of fun. And then um, I think Dowd. Uh, I think it's incumbent upon all the rest of us to ask how your family's doing and see where you're at uh, out in uh, Scotland, where it's one a.m. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, it's been rough. You know, both my sisters lost uh, their fathers-in-law, and I think they more or less got along pretty well with their their fathers-in-law. I don't know. In my family, the people seem to get along with their in-laws for the most part. Uh, I know that's a problem uh, in in other families. So uh, my Scottish brother-in-law, that was more recently, just a couple days ago, and uh, my sister says he's he's not doing great. He's the only child. Uh, He's taking it tough. So folks, if you could send some positive vibes uh way out to uh to scotland and uh, my life might be changing too because i might be moving to corrales for an unknown period of time because wow. okay. uh my, my my the woman who is the mental health professional who i gave my dog to and and i take care of her every day and i we ended up getting another dog and i take care of the, both of them uh she is moving it looks like it's going to happen she's going to poland to do some mental wow. health for the refugees so you might be seeing me with a lot of uh well uh, adobe and and grass and trees behind me uh coming up pretty pretty soon i might be moving to corrales for who knows how long there we go. We'll do all that when we return. Congratulations on that. We'll be thinking about your family. And we'll bring about with the uh, Dow to 3000 leading the way for the remainder of the week, along with me right by his side. We're going to switch roles here as uh, we do our show. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in here in the Kiva. 419, back in four, AM 600 KIV, ABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com and rockoftalk.chat. Uh, watch us live there on the TV.
from all over come to Albuquerque to visit Old Town's Historic Candy Lady. Whether in the mood for a special treat or looking for that perfect gift, our patrons will find assortments from chocolates, glazed fruit, fudge cakes, hard candies, local New Mexico flavors, and even unexpected treats. Check out the Candy Lady at CandyLady.com. Hi, I'm Kevin with Futons and Frames. We've been doing business in Albuquerque for over 30 years. We have the largest selection of futon frames in the state. Our futons are made right here in the USA. So if quality, service, and knowledge of product matter to you, then come on down to 4311 Manal or call us at 881-6863. No matter where your journey starts, it will end at Ann Matthews Bridal, where you will get to say yes to the dress. The Ann Matthews selection from nine top designers, including the Disney collection to 18 different lines, brings the shopping experience of New York in Dallas, right here to Albuquerque. Call 890-3736 for your own personal shopping experience. And Matthews Bridal, 890-3736. Located across the street from Coronado Center at 6121 Manal Boulevard. Straight Line Painting, a family-owned business providing their services for over 10 years. Now, whether you need a home or business painted, garage epoxy floor, or even a complete restucco, Straight Line Painting are the experts. Owners Efren and Josh are always available and oversee every project from estimate to final walkthrough. Call 505-659-0973 for a free estimate and visit straightlinepaintingabq.com. In to our see- increasingly busy world, it is always nice to take a little time to sit down and relax. At Monty's Cigar Shop, we offer everything to help you do just that. There's nothing better than spending time smoking a great premium cigar with family and friends. Monty specializes in artisanal, hand-rolled cigars that make up just 2% of the worldwide cigar market. With over 2,000 different kinds of the absolute best cigars for you to choose from, you are guaranteed to find the perfect fit. Whether you've been smoking cigars for years or you're just starting now, we'll find the right cigar for you. Stop by and see us at 3636 San Mateo in Albuquerque or give us a call at 505-881-7999. That's 505-881-7999. When it comes to vehicle maintenance and repair, you want a place where you can be sure you're going to get reliable, honest, and quality service. A place where a credentialed automotive expert will work on your vehicle and explain exactly what needs to be done and at a fair and honest price. And so important, where you won't be charged for parts and unnecessary service you may not even need. Now, where's this place? JJ's Premier Tire and Service, a one-stop shop for all your auto needs. Alignments, oil changes, brakes, computerized diagnostics, tune-ups, suspension, air conditioning, and more. And JJ's the tire dealer for all major brands, including Michelin, Firestone, and Goodyear. Hi, I'm JJ, and we've built our reputation on honest, fair-priced auto repair. We promise you excellent auto service, and we treat our customers the way we want to be treated. Trust JJ's Premier Tire and Service on San Antonio, just west of Wyoming. Call 821-5771. This is Eddie Aragon for Axiom Home Services. Axiom Home Services specializes in refrigerated air conditioning conversions. Time to ditch the swamp cooler and convert to cool, refreshing, refrigerated air. Did you know Axiom Home Services is one of the highest rated AC companies in Albuquerque? With over 40 years experience, and provides a five-year parts and labor warranty on any new refrigerated air conditioning installation. Axiom Home Services maintains 4.9 stars on Google Review and check out what our customers say about Axiom. Call 792-9742. That's 792-9742 or axiomhvac.com. 
Amazing Grace Personal Care Services is companion care at a reasonable rate, including mobile assistance, meal preparation, household services, cognitive assistance, and support services, and more. 505-796-4900. That's here in the Kiva. Pete out Moscow leading the way here as uh, we embark upon this uh, new journey of good sounds and good vibrations and a brand new season because, of course, it's springtime, ladies and gentlemen, and we're back here in the Kiva uh, with D. Dowd leading the way. Dowd, uh, what's up on tap for us, sir? Yeah, I'd like to start with a really interesting essay, and this, you know, it might get a little dense for a Tuesday, Wednesday, Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday, um, but Tuesday. I, I think again, it 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 is uh, it is one of these rare instances where someone looks at the historical perspective and sort of reveals to people who are who were ignorant, who couldn't find Ukraine on a map, who probably still can't find Ukraine on a map. Sure. And then one morning they woke up and they were told that Vladimir Putin is the most evil man alive and the Ukrainians is, are as pure as the driven snow and we have to do everything we can to help Ukraine and at, at no matter what cost to America. Um, this is a European blogger who really, really knows his history. And well, uh, they, I think, they call those Euro bloggers, right? <laughs> the Euro blogger. And uh, I think he's based out of Germany. And, you know, people, as I've always said, people – in Europe, people in Africa, people in Asia, they don't have the American amnesia. I mean, America is all, and yeah. it's to our, it's, it's to our, it's an asset, but it's also a liability that we're always they not have news cycles looking. there or what, what <laughs> happens. Is it, is everyone just watching cheese gas, <laughs> and tourism right. like on vacation, right? Looking at all the great documents and the right. sagas, and yeah. going to the same—you know—my sister got married in Scotland in the in the chapel from uh, from the, the the Da Vinci Code. You know, it was built in oh, 1137. Wow. You know, I mean, they history is very real to them. In America, you know, we're always about the next quarter, the next week, the next football game, the next whatever. Right. We don't look backwards. Mm -hmm. um, so this blogger starts off by saying, not not going not back that far, only to 2014, but that was when Ukraine has a bit, began a, a quiet civil war. An aspect of this that is never discussed in the media is this wasn't a bright line, completely separate country invades other country that has a different language, a different culture, is on a different candidate, uh, a continent. This is a a, a, a a cultural, ethnic civil war. It's not as clear as this boundary, you stay on this side, you stay on this side. Uh, the Ukrainian majority in the West, the Russian minority concentrated in the East, have been going at each other for some time. The ethnic Ukrainian side in this confl conflict, uh, that is... Uh, uh, our comedian actor Zelensky, uh, they have been co-opted by the supranational global imperial monolith. Uh, that that sounds kind of Alex Jonesy, maybe to some people, but I think this guy's really onto something. So, what is? How does he describe these supranational 
global imperial monolith. Uh, it is the cadre of Western elites. So we're talking about Western Europe, Canada, yeah. the United States, Australia, not necessarily Western physically, but just Western coalition, the thinking of Western. Uh, these folks determine political, medical, and cultural orthodoxy. Anything outside their views is, you know, anathema. They control not only all the major political parties in most Western countries, but also uh, global international organizations from the UN to the World Economic Forum to the European Union to, you guessed it, NATO. Okay, so let's, let's rephrase this. Uh, what organization are we talking about? Are we talking about just the history? Are we talking about types of people? Slow it down just for a second for all of us, Steph. Yeah, well, I mean, I'll, I'll use his term again, uh, supranational, supra-RA, national global imperial monolith. Some people call it globo homo. We're not is talking there about... A group? Is, there a, is, this, is this akin to Illuminati? Is it akin to, you know, the New World Order? Because that's where it sounds like you're going in this direction. Are these, are these people who have been involved in masonry, if you will? <laughs> well, I mean, to me, I mean, there are people who think that it's a very intricate, connected plot that's been going back centuries. Right. Yeah. Uh, to me... That evidence hasn't been proffered to my satisfaction. I sure. will simply say this. These are people, and, and again, like he's saying, the major political parties in the Western nations, international organizations, media, uh, cultural, medical establishments. If you sat down the thousand leading people in, in this entity, a supranational entity, would they disagree in any fundamental way on single-payer health care, on progressive taxation, on uh, trans, uh, the, the trans movement. This is a good question. Yeah, like the trends, the political trends, would we see them differ amongst the people? And you're saying no. Yes, uh, exactly. I mean, and, and it's kind of like the cool kids table, which I never sat at. So maybe it's kind of explains the adult I am. Um, you're not really allowed, you're not allowed into the elite. You could just say the global elites. They, in maybe some secretly, one or two of them, uh, might watch American football secretly. One or two of them might follow NASCAR. That's about it. You're going to agree on politically, economically, culturally. You are not going to disagree because if you disagree and you're revealed to disagree, you're out of the club. Um, this group. So let me uh, stop there. Let's. I want to slow it down because mm -hmm. so you're geared. Okay, you're not part of this club, and then you're also different from Kiva listeners, which is why people like you because you're different from them. Uh, Kiva listener, you know. They sort of operate, I think, a little bit differently in terms of my level, I would guess I would say. You know, I'm kind of a little bit more upfront out there, a little bit more connected in the practical sense of things. So Dowd, um, <clears throat> this particular group of people that is in, involved, could you, uh, back to the Illuminati, and is it irresponsible? I want you to comment on that. Is it irresponsible for the Alex Joneses of the world, or is it irresponsible for you know, uh, Clyde Lewis or, and we, we're starting to see, you know, Clay and Buck sort of touch upon this. Have you noticed? They're like, yes, indeed, indeed. and then Glenn Beck will on a day. And then all of a sudden he pulls back. It's like some of his advertisers have, have gotten a hold of him. So, and I, you're sort of like bouncing around that end. One, is it irresponsible for people like that to jump into and, and use the word Illuminati since you won't use it? And what do you think of Alex Clyde, uh, and the like, uh, who would try to characterize that group of people, World Economic Forum, WEF, um, with that type of nomenclature? Well, I mean, he, here's my take on this, because I get a lot of emails from people in this this community. And, and 
the real world effect of this monolithic thinking and this monolithic political and economic and cultural program is the same as whether we're living in their world, whether it was designed 100 years ago, whether there's a tiny group of people controlling this. It's the reality of our lives right now. So in a way, I don't care. I, I mean, okay. it, it, it's like the guys who are trying to have a constitutional convention in Washington, a convention of states. Sure. And they, they came to Albuquerque a couple of years ago. And I said, guys, I'm trying to stop a, a tax hike. In, in the city of Albuquerque this week, okay? And you're trying to throw the Hail Mary pass and fix everything in, with a new constitution. Right, you've made that point. At the end yeah. of the day, there's practical reality. You said, Eddie, uh, I'm actually not over 30 years. It'll be 30 years on October 15th that I've been fighting this war. Yeah. I have to deal with what I'm dealing with right now. So I'm when I look at NATO, when I look at the United States signing on November 10th, this, I think I read it on the air, this charter, this new agreement with Ukraine. Oh, uh, the United States and Ukraine renew our, our uh, opposition to Russian aggression. We renew our commitment to the Ukraine being in the NATO Enhanced Opportunities Program and look forward to closer relations. Whether that was designed by somebody 100 years ago or not, it's the reality that we're living in today. And people, and we're going to get into this with this essay, there are people who are opposed to that agenda. Uh, Vladimir Putin, who I've, all, I've said since day one, I don't think he should be dropping bombs. I think he should have used his energy weapon and told Europe, hey, you're all going to freeze this winter unless you stop this nonsense. You're, the 40% of the natural gas you get from us, uh, we're cutting off the, the pipelines. That He could have done that short of hurting people, killing people. There are other tools he could have done. But to Putin's credit, he's resisted this. And as the essay says, the goal of this supranational some people call global global homo global homogenization is to further squeeze Russia by turning Ukraine, uh, including the Russian speaking eastern regions, into another political constituent of American dominated globalism. You're they're trying to bring Ukraine into the club, and Russia's saying, "Listen, we've been humiliated for since the end of the Cold War. This is." We're not letting you go past this point. We've given you everything you wanted. NATO not only didn't dissolve, it expanded right up to our borders. And Eddie, I, I was going to, I don't think I did send you. There's a great clip from The Sopranos, uh, an episode of The Sopranos where a, a, an old mafioso gets out of uh, the jail. He was in federal prison. He did a double nickel with the feds, never ratted out anybody. He came home and he had a party for his brother who'd been killed in you know, a mafia war and he was asking all the young people do you know who leonardo da vinci is do you know who all these famous italian explorers are and kids didn't know anything about this uh he his brother was killed he he was told by his higher-ups not to not to exact any revenge the last scene of this particular episode he's sitting at the bar alone drinking and butchie comes in and sits down next to him and he says you know i did i, I was a straight up guy I, I stand up guy. I held my tongue for 20 years. I didn't rat out the organization. I didn't exact my revenge when my brother was killed. These kids here know nothing of our Italian heritage. I've, all I've done my whole life, Butchie, is compromise. No more. No more of this. And I was reading comments on YouTube for that clip, and, and there was someone at the bottom who said, oh, we knew things were really going to hit the fan at the end of this episode because he was done. And right. I think that that's Putin that's is Putin. sitting at that yep. bar talking about doing 20 right. years in jail, uh, yet another humiliation. And Butchie comes in and says, hey, why are you drinking all alone on the party here? All my life I've compromised. No more, Butchie. Yeah. No more. Yeah. And, and, that's, and that's why Putin is standing up. And as the SAS here continues, uh, to the Russians, many Russians, this is unacceptable. After the Soviet Union collapsed, the globalists descended upon Russia to rape and pillage. In the years after 2000, NATO was expanded and used to hem in Russia along the Baltic. 
these were hard years, but Russia finally reasserted its sovereignty. Since then, the Western globalists have considered unaligned Russia to be the enemy, and they have adopted Ukraine as a convenient proxy against Russia. That frames the situation, uh, I think, more historically uh, in, in a better, broader perspective. Uh, Ukraine is useful for this purpose uh, because it has considerable strategic significance, particularly uh, as a gateway into Russia uh, through the open Ukrainian plains or as a staging ground for American missiles. The same Western globalists who hate Russia, hate Putin really, also count us as their enemies, the people who think we the way we do. And my sincere advice is to take them seriously in this. They have a kind of myopia for internal political dissidents. We are the unaligned domestic element. Russia is the unaligned international element. And so when Donald Trump is elected to the presidency, this must be for them the result of Russian interference. That gets us back to 2016. Okay. Okay, let's stop there, okay? This sure. is a lot to digest. Uh, people are driving and uh, very heady stuff. Uh, this is certainly that. So uh, I'm going to digest just a little bit, um, and then we're going to put it into quick terms and labels for people because you're, you're at, sort of at a reading at a different level with this essay. Um, and by the way, Doubt is leading the way on this show this afternoon. Agenda 2030, that's a big part of this. So that's how this gets branded. Uh, we also have World Economic Forum, okay? And we've got uh, green energy. And so big all part, of these things like factor in to sort of usher in the uh, Great Reset. Now, Dow's taking a more expansive view through the essay in understanding, like this is eons. Uh, eon, you know, the definition of an eon is a long period of time that is almost laughable. Hundreds of years, maybe a thousand years. This has been going on for some time. Magna Carta. I don't know. Whatever. You know, this is something that if you really kind of work back on this has always been in that. And you feel controlled. Your life isn't your own. The choices have already been made for you. The die has been cast hundreds, thousands of years ago. You have Nostradamus or you have all these other things that sort of get factored into all of this. And you feel like there's this time ticking. And and, and today is one of those days. 32222 was one of those days. We know that they are very prophetic in emphasizing and reinforcing with dates and repeating dates and numbers and juxtaposition that uh, with, uh, I hate to say this, but more of the solar stuff, more of the solar system, more of the astro astrological things. This is all how sort of it's, it's factored in. Now, uh, back to this, which we're just trying to get in a very practical sense of how we arrived here. Um, the Soviet Union was opposite us in terms of competing for hegemonic power. Uh, and, 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 you know, you can go back to Kennedy, you go to Khrushchev. You, why, why was Kennedy? Was he killed by Cubans? Was he killed by uh, Russians? Was he killed by the CIA? You know, does the CIA work for like a lot of things factor? We still, here we are, you know, more than, I don't know, 40, 57 years on next year. It will be 60 years this next year. I think uh, this in 23, it'll be 60, 60 years, right? 60 years. Yeah, 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 yeah. 60 yeah. years it'll be uh, since that. And still that seems uh, unsolvable. So back to KGB, Putin, 20 years ago, in front of the World Economic Forum, it was Vladimir Putin arguing for the partnership which exists today between China, East Asia, and now the Soviet Union in terms of toppling the United States of America. And what Dowd is uh, reemphasizing here is there's a World Economic Forum component to all this that wants to see the denigration of the great uh, power of the United States because we elected the likes of Donald Trump, which 
is seemingly through the prism of seeing a uh, very interesting uh, point uh, in that essay, Dowd, electing Donald Trump is the same as allowing Russia to become a hege hegemonic power. Is that is that the congruent <laughs> part that we're making here? Absolutely. And uh, I'm glad I'm glad he included that. And, you know, as a non-interventionist, that's that's my greatest support for the Donald Trump administration, where I think they made you know some of the significant yeah. headway. And as he said, I mean, Trump had to be just well, they're they're paranoid and they were afraid of his masculinity. But it, but on the global scale, they were they were paranoid of what he represents. I think what what Trump represented, and what some of us still represent versus the international the new international order, the new world order, as a, a former president spoke about, is really well spelled out by this essayist in which he describes the difference between two words, politics and system. And he's uh, apparently using some of the language from a, another scholar, Rolf Peter Ciferell. Oh, um, Rolf. Politics belongs to an older stratum of existence. Now, remember Professor uh, Mearsheimer when he was talking about, I think like a 19th century. Exactly. They think like a 21st That's century. That's my head, yep. And, 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 and just because you think like a 21st century person doesn't mean there aren't people still in the world who think like a 19th century person. So uh, the essayist breaks things down again between politics and system. Um, politics belongs to an older stratum of existence ordered in terms of the state and of history crystallized in statesmen, leaders, and ideologues. It has programs, values, and goals. What did Michael Savage, before he went off right. the air, what did he always used to say? Borders, language, culture. Sure. Yep. That's paleoconservatism. Yes. Uh, what is required are virtues and commitments. Think yes. about our national heroes. George Washington, I shall yes. never tell a lie. Mm -hmm. uh, the men who fought to keep the union together, whether you, know, you agree with how it was done, you know, they sacrificed their lives. Think about the men who went to war against, frankly, from my perspective of 2022, uh, fighting countries on other continents that really didn't threaten the United States, but they saw it as defending the country, going to the Pacific, going to Europe, fighting, many of which you know, coming home, PTSD wounded, and some not coming home mm -hmm. uh, at all. Virtues and commitments. You know, you don't hear much from our dominant elites about virtues and commitments much. That, and that, that's out the door. Let me slow you down there. And again, I want to just simplify, then we're going to cut to a break and we're going to bring it back uh, with more of this. But I think it's important when Dowd says paleocon, paleoconservative, that's a very positive, very, very positive term in the sense that you get people to graduate. People will normally choose what is best for them. They'll choose the highest and best order. They'll choose what's most culturally significant, uh, should be uh, most liked. And, and we've uh, demonized that. How have we done that? Well, um, you know, there were people who have been Anglophiles and that doesn't put exactly a very nice you know, turn of events, but the Judeo-Christian heritage, people graduate regardless of whether or not they worship Christ or not, graduate towards that because it's the highest and best order. The Ten Commandments, you can keep the Ten Commandments without actually being Christian. People will want to graduate to that. What's wrong with being a great human? Sorry for you uh, Christians out there. Uh, just by wanting to do good things for the sake of living in this life. There's a lot of that. And that's some people would think the humanist tradition, but you see a lot of that both in the United States and other cultures which have been very, notice I use the word culture, very successful because those choices are based upon the values which are the most esteemed of the highest order. To put it simply, football teams, who's the greatest of all time when we all graduate around to understanding that, and I do mean graduate because you will get to the point where you make the determination in your own life that Tom Brady is significantly the best. Uh, without question, Tiger Woods is significantly the best. Uh, Mike Tyson or Muhammad Al significantly the best in there. 
you can recognize that. Now imagine that going traversing in every endeavor, education, jobs, how to raise a family, how to live a life. We did a very sarcastic show yesterday. What is not paleo conservative, folks, is life weird, weird life choices. And I do mean choices in the sense that the propagation of the species cannot be done by a lesbianism, by a homosexuality, and by transgenderism. So understand that when we talk about these things, that of being the highest and best order is something that Vladimir Putin has absolutely unified his country within. Do you think they tolerate transgender? Do you think they tolerate homosexuals? Do you think they suffer any of these fools who are trying to oppress upon him a man converting to a woman in order to go ahead and win a competition in Putin? They sit and they look at us and they frown and they point their fingers and they leer and they say, this is the time to take America down. And they do it simply by having superiority. And I do mean that clear superiority in terms of their choices, which is the paleocon way. Rand Paul, Ron Paul are the best two examples of that because it's principle, it's value over all else. What is the most highly esteemed? I think you might be right. No, it's hundred percent. It is it, people when give when left to their own devices and given total freedom and liberty, will they make the best and highest choice for themselves? The answer is well, only the good ones. The bad ones will weed themselves out based upon their choices, and they won't propagate the species. They will they will lose their money. They will lose their house. They will lose their families. They will lose their life. But most of all, it all started with one thing and one thing only. Regardless if you're Christian or not, or whatever you happen to be. You lose your values once the values are out the door. And this is something that Putin is reinforcing and that they've seen that they can take the United States over simply based upon the choices that they allow to make in their own language, culture, and again, borders, which is the most important thing that that uh, uh, Michael Savage emphasized. How do you keep Poland is a is a is a very pure country. What is what do we know about Poland? Okay, for those of you who haven't studied any sort of international, um, you know, uh, territories, countries, Poland is the only place where you can't get citizenship. Yet they're taking refugees that are coming out because they basically have a, bo a border around their entire country. November 1st, 1939, they were invaded. They were taken over. Who were they taking over? By the Germans. They don't want that to happen again. Both directions. Soviets what? from one side, Germans from the other. And you'll actually see Polish people have kept that sort of you know, uh, the, the Polish uh, culture and traditions have probably been, I think, um, best kept. Uh, same thing with Hungarians, Budapest in that area. Yeah, it's yeah. very solid. They haven't gravitated away and they see themselves and you see these people. They're like, well, I'm European. I'm better than you. It's like, well, kind of in a way, because you've kept to your traditions. You've kept that purity of whatever your traditions are. And that is not a bad thing so no, no, kind no, of oversimplified uh, all of this but i think uh, for our audience out there that's hearing that i think this is where we're seeing everything weigh weigh itself out down yeah uh, i know we got to go to a break eddie and I'm, i i won't start in on the, the contrast to the system we just discussed until we come back uh what what the essay is called politics uh what we call borders language culture paleoconservatism 19th century thinking uh, again Based on virtues and commitments, the last resort of politics is war, the willingness of the individual to sacrifice himself for yes. a higher cause uh, for his community. Mm -hmm. That's the old way. When we come back from break, we're going to talk about the wonderful new way that all of our elites want us to think. There we go. We'll do that when we return. Uh, six, uh, excuse me, 448 here in the Kiva on AM 1600 KIVABQ.FM. That's Rock of Talk. 
rockoftalk.com. Rockoftalk.com, that, of course, is the voice of George W. Bush, the first, uh, by the way, uh, who uh, I asked a question in the Rose Garden some years ago. Talk about ushering the New World Order, the CIA, the connections, and uh, all that stuff. Uh, well, you only need to look back at the assassination of one John F. Kennedy. Take a listen to the intro in this uh, great uh, song here by Ministry. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order, a world where the rule of law, not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to wow. fulfill the promise wow. and vision True of the evil. UN's founders. Talk TV is now available on your computer or for Roku, Apple TV, and Amazon Fire. To download your version, just visit rockoftalk.tv and go to the app section to get the download link for Rock of Talk TV. You trusted your home or business security to the local company with an armed response. They sold out and now you got selected. Now your security is on the brink of being bought out by a national corporate giant. I'm Aaron Jones, owner of International Protective Service, IPS. 
IPS isn't for sale. I'm invested here and care about your home and business security like it's my own. Let the highly trained armed guards or 24-hour patrols of IPS protect what's yours. Call 897-2420 or go to IPSglobal.com. Pet Food Gone Wild in Rio Rancho, pampering your pets with a full self-serve dog wash. Pet Food Gone Wild, two stations for one to three dogs at a time. Cats, too. Oh, and ask for the grooming club card. I'm Susanna, owner of Pet Food Gone Wild, providing natural food and supplements for healthy pets. Pet Food Gone Wild rewards card makes every visit easy. Pet Food Gone Wild, tap to call at pets.theplaceilike.com. You and your pets will love this month's offer at pets.theplaceilike.com. In most cases, recovery of your stolen vehicle is not the reunion you had hoped it would be. It may have been trashed, torched, contaminated by toxic chemicals and more, or used to commit additional crimes. Revelco Vehicle Anti-Theft Device prevents theft in the first place. 505-550-4994. Hey, Rock of Talk listeners, do you know what's on the Rock of Talk app? The Rock of Talk TV, Rock of Talk podcasts, Rock of Talk news, weather, alarm, and more. Download it now at rockoftalk.com. This is Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk. Glad to be here with you to help your business. And right now, businesses are in desperate need of cash flow. Many businesses aren't going to make it through this crisis without a solution. Michael Trujillo has that solution. Host of Your Money Matters, 1130 a.m. on Saturday. Michael, how can you help these businesses get cash flow today? Well, Eddie, all they have to do is pick up the phone, give us a call, and we can help them with that cash flow because we have many different federal programs that businesses can qualify for. But more importantly, we we also have over 100 lenders on hand ready to go ahead and provide these loans to businesses so that they can continue when we are open again for business. Let's help your small business today, folks. If you own a car dealership, commercial real estate, you have a restaurant, how about a funeral home, software development firms, engineering from plumbing and heating, you name it, Michael can help you. 856-1171, 856-1171, or you can email him directly, michael at michaeltrujillo.com. That's michael at michaeltrujillo.com. Hi, I'm Walt Arnold with Sperry Van S Commercial Real Estate. When considering your options and locating the right space for your business, call the experts at Sperry Van S, 256-1255. That's 256-1255. Or visit us on the web at waltarnold.com. Do you believe the U.S. can run trillion-dollar deficits forever without consequence? Do you believe our politicians have any incentive to rein in spending? Do you believe the stock and bond markets are on solid ground? If you don't, and if you believe something's wrong, but you also believe there will be an opportunity as things change, then call Greg Zanetti at Zanetti Financial. He's been helping people with their investments since 1986. He sees the investment world through a clear lens. He gets it. No annuities, no insurance, no investor profiles. The goal is to make you money. Call Greg today at 250-3754 or visit him at ZanettiFinancial.com. Hey, it's Eddie Aragon. The staff at ABQ Guns stands for your Second Amendment rights, but they believe other freedoms are under attack by the governor's orders. Small businesses are bearing the weight of those health orders, and ABQ Guns believes she owns our state's economic collapse. ABQ Guns urges you to shop local for firearms, ammo, and accessories. Stop by the shop in Riverside Plaza, on Coors, north of Montano, or visit shop.abqguns.com. ABQ Guns, defenders of your freedom. Oh, 
six here in the Kiva, a little new order to go along with the new world order with uh, ministry there. I uh, didn't want to scare you all away. We had to bring you back with some uh, music. I think that's more recognizable to you to, to keep you in the loop uh, as always. And uh, Dad, let's just go ahead and wrap up the essay and kind of give a big takeaway to let everybody know to subscribe directly uh, at rockoftalk.chat. You can get the uh, final analysis and all that. But folks, I just want to kind of um, uh, sort of very quickly say that over the last week, we've been doing different types of shows for uh, the reason. And we've been just trying to reset everything. The Great Reset also includes the Great Reset of the Kiva, which includes us uh, kind of speaking about a myriad of topics, which have included everything that runs the gamut of what pop culture is talking about to some humor to, uh, hey, how do you go ahead and lose 63 pounds? And uh, how do you do all these things? We've been doing that for you. And uh, we certainly... Uh, hope that you have been appreciating what we can do as we do a lot of other things, uh, generally speaking, but uh, it's been a, a, a basically things that have run the gamut. Take it away in the last minute and a half here. And for all the rest, get at rockoftalk.chat. Dowd? Yeah, Eddie, uh, no way we can even, we, we haven't even dug our, a third of our way into this, but what we well, let me just respond, uh, remind you what we were talking about, the older virtues, the 19th century virtues, which this essayist called politics. He contrasts politics with system. System is about organizing without focus, without values, goals, or programs. Virtue and sacrifice are anachronisms, crazy old things from the past. Wars are nothing but catastrophic conflicts that must be prevented through skillful management. Order is created by objective, autonomous constraints, non, not by normative orientation. The structures of systems are as inescapable for individuals as a magnetic field is for iron filings. The global American empire, its system doesn't invade. That's not what systems do. It assimilates. Well, there's a guy in charge of a big country with 10 or 11 time zones, and he doesn't want to be assimilated into the Western Borg. And that is why he has resisted what he's done good, what he's done bad. Leave that aside. It explains his thinking and it explains what he is doing. And uh, I think should ca caution all of us uh, in terms of taking aggressive action against someone who is committed to opposing these people of system, these global homos, supranational elites, the people who, who have prescribed a system for the world. Guess what? Some people don't want to be a part of that system. And it, things could get much, much uglier the more aggressively our elites push that system. We'll be back after the top of the hour news. Thank you, Dowd. Hour two up next, prepared by the Dow 3000. Thanks, everybody, for tuning here in on this Tuesday afternoon. Hour two for you up next. This is The Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVA Albuquerque. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. Supreme Court nominee Katanji Brown-Jackson is continuing to defend her record on sentencing sex offenders. The way that Congress has directed the Sentencing Commission appears to be not consistent with how these crimes are committed, and therefore there's extreme disparity. During her ongoing Senate confirmation hearing, the federal judge saying it's up to Congress to change the guidelines. Speaking as a mother, Jackson called sex crimes involving minors sickening, egregious, and horrible. The National Weather Service is confirming over a dozen tornadoes in Texas. 
All the twisters hit Monday afternoon and early evening. Survey teams saying the strongest tornado is an EF3, which hit Jacksboro with winds of up to 150 miles an hour. You're listening to USA Radio News. Have you or someone you know used heartburn medications Zantac or Ranitidine and been diagnosed with cancer? Zantac and Ranitidine have been positively linked to cancer. According to the FDA, Zantac and Ranitidine contain NDMA, a known cancer-causing agent. NDMA has been positively linked to cancers of the bladder, pancreas, esophagus, liver, and stomach. Even in single doses and in smaller doses over time, NDMA is one of the strongest proven cancer-causing agents. Call 888-960-1233 or go to ZantacMoney.com. You may be entitled to substantial compensation without going to court if you or a loved one have taken these products in the past 10 years and been diagnosed with cancer. Call now to see if you qualify for free. Call 888-960-1233 or visit ZantacMoney.com to get what may be owed to you. You may be entitled to a cash reward. Find out now at ZantacMoney.com or call 888-960-1233 to see if you qualify for free. Russia's main opposition leader is sentenced to prison. Russian President Vladimir Putin's number one critic, Alexei Navalny, was convicted Tuesday of fraud and contempt of court and sentenced to nine years in a maximum security prison. Alexei is already serving a prison sentence of about two and a half years for violating parole. All this after he survived a poisoning attempt by Russian security forces in 2020. From the West Coast, USA Radio News Bureau, I'm Lance Pride. Jen Psaki, White House Press Secretary, has tested positive for COVID-19 and has mild symptoms. She is vaccinated and boosted. This is the second time in five months she has tested positive. She will no longer travel with President Biden to Europe. The Dow gives the thumbs up to Tuesday, gaining 254 points to close at 34,807, the S&P adding 50, while the NASDAQ gained 270 points. You're listening to USA Radio News. Hi, I'm Wayne Alaroot. If you like my radio show, you're going to love my podcast, War Raw. Each podcast, I present my top 10 most outrageous, salacious, and controversial stories of the week. I break down the best of the best, raw truth stories for conservatives, libertarians, patriots, taxpayers, Trumpers, and deplorables. Anyone who appreciates God, guns, gold, and tax cuts will stand up and cheer for War Raw. Check out this week's War Raw podcast right now. It's available to download on iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, or wherever you listen to podcasts. War Raw. War Raw. Russia continues its invasion of Ukraine that's nearing the one-month mark, but there are reports Russia's military has been stalled in their march towards Kiev. Pentagon Press Secretary John Kirby says changes will be made in the future to the United States defending European security regardless of the outcome of the conflict in Ukraine. We're not sure where this is going to go, but the secretary is convinced that uh, wherever it goes, the, the security environment on the European continent is now changed. And we've got to think about it in a completely different way. The Senate in session on Tuesday and moving forward with a bipartisan jobs and completion bill, Senate Majority Leader from New York, Chuck Schumer, describing the effect this legislation could have. It'll create more jobs by bringing good paying manufacturing back to America from overseas. It will lower costs by helping fix supply chains, address the chip shortage and increase innovation. A judge is assigning two additional lawyers to represent the parents of the accused Michigan school shooter. The Oakland County Prosecutor's Office saying while James and Jennifer Crumbly have separate lawyers, 
they work for the same firm, which in the future could be considered a conflict of interest, which could lead to a mistrial. A judge has now appointed two independent attorneys for the Crumblies. The parents are each charged with involuntary manslaughter. For USA Radio News, I'm Tim Berg. Albuquerque's macro aggression, Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk. I am Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk on AM 1600. K-I-D-A-B-Q dot rock of talk dot com. 550-5500 right here in the Kiva. What is what is playing here? I don't know. We got Oasis. We got YouTube. We got everything right here in the Kiva because we are the Rock of Talk. Adidas Musk and I. Hour two coming at you from the ABQ on Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, podcasting on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify if you like our commercials. And if you don't, you can subscribe directly at www.rockoftalk.chat. And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, rockoftalk.tv is free in Rock of Talk. Dot com all day long like Donkey Kong. Hour two, D. Dowd Muska, how are you? Oh, we lost Dowd. Here he is. I got to unmute him. There he is. There he is. Go ahead. Uh, I'm doing doing very well, Mr. Essay. Uh, Mr. Essay. Mr. Aragon, I'm going to put the link to the essay that we talked about in the last hour in the show notes tonight. So you subscribers will get to read the full essay for yourself. It's very dense and very rich, but very illuminating. Ooh, muy rico, as they say, very rich. Uh, uh, speaking of rico, I've added something uh, to my uh, my coffee, my cafecito, cafecito, mijito. E, put on your cold, put on your jacket. It's cold out. You're gonna catch a cold there. It was hailing. It was hailing outside. The ice was coming down. It's like Armageddon or something. I went to church this weekend. I prayed. I prayed my rosary. I have my my novenas. I got it all together, and then then it hailed. It was like a gift from God. It's like ice in the middle, just as we were about to get started. No, I, I uh, seriously, uh, sorry, I couldn't help it. I was talking to my friend Dan earlier. He's going to replace the uh, little module so we don't get the blips. And the five, 5G, mijito, I heard about the 5G. It's on your phone. Look, there it is. It's Satan. 5G e, on your phone. E, it's oh a cancer. We're going to do the 5Gs out there. It's out to get you. I hear the whole thing with Putin's about the 5G, you know? So I put um, oat uh, milk y leche, leche con oats. Who's ever heard of such a thing? What's up? What's up? Why is there? How do you milk a goat or an oat or uh, huh? Or on a boat? No, uh, not Dr. Seuss here. Um, oat milk in the coffee, cafecito. Let me tell you, it is uh, good all day long. It is really something. I think I've got to. A new favorite. Uh, and by the way, just in case anybody wants to get on our beef and uh, cabbage diet, I told you it would be released today. It is. Uh, Oi, uh, tonight, 7 p.m. You're going to have to go ahead and jump on that. And everybody who uh, sent in their emails, guess what happens? They get a free month and they get the, the recipe, no? So if you want to uh, get involved in all that, you can do so. No, it's the uh, no more tortillas and sopapillas diet. No, it's uh, it's the uh, beef and cabbage diet. Literally, that is such a powerful thing to eat. I didn't, I couldn't figure out why you uh, Irishmen were so incredibly strong, Dowd, but uh, now I know why. It's the corned beef and cabbage. Uh, so there we go. Hour two, set it up, set it up, Dowd. What do we got? Yeah, you know, we looked at the past last hour, and I want to look at the future uh, in in this segment because there's been some interesting comment and analysis of the commodity situation, which which started out as 
energy that got us into minerals. And now we're talking right. about yeah. food because you're talking about edible commodities and fertilizer. Well, and st stop there. Um, Top of the hour, World Economic Forum already talking about food shortages. World Economic Forum talking about worldwide poverty and worldwide starvation. Crazy setup. <laughs> And and I couldn't help over the weekend, and I looked up the uh, – I was going to send Eddie the link to the audio, but I, there is one bad word in it. We we can't play it. The final scene of the Robert Redford 1970s movies, uh, movie, Three Days of the Condor, uh, in which Robert Redford's – he's a intellectual analyst, and he, he uncovers a potential plot to overtake the oil fields in the Middle East. And, of course, <laughs> in the last 20 years, all the documents have come out, and in the real world, they were planning to take over the Middle East oil fields. And so it wasn't so much of a fictional movie. It was more like a docudrama. Um, and so they kill everybody who finds out about this. They send in the, 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 the wet work guy, and they and Robert Redford somehow survives, even though he's an analyst. So yeah. um, at the end, he's talking to Cliff Robertson, the higher-ranking uh, uh, CIA guy. And uh, Robert Redford ends up going to the New York Times and telling them all about what happened. And then Cliff Robertson says, do you think they're actually going to print it? Because we got people in there, too. And it's kind of a very 70s conspiracy, dark, cynical, great, great, great film. Huh. But, you know, it, but It's called Three Days of the Condor? Three Days of the Condor and a very, very peak um, oh gosh, uh, uh, the woman, uh, Bonnie and Clyde, uh, Faye Dunaway, peak Faye Dunaway oh, wow. uh, in the 1970s. Okay. There, By the way, I was watching very, Escape very from New York, John Carpenter's uh, first masterpiece. Uh, that's interesting to talk about. Very good, uh, yes. There's sort of uh, some similar motifs there amongst the uh, film. Snake Plixen, absolutely. Um, and so uh, Robert Redford's character says, do we have plans to take over the Middle East? And, and Cliff Robertson's char character says, oh, we just draw plans. We, you know, we don't, it doesn't mean we're actually going to do them. And at one point, the, Cliff Robertson, the senior CIA guy says, guy says, no, it's simple economics. Today, it's oil, right? In 10 or 15 years, food, plutonium, and maybe even sooner. Now, what do you think that people are going to want us to do then? Mm -hmm. and, and Robert Redford's character says, ask them. You know, Mr. Liberal, you know, you know, sophisticated um, Cliff Robertson's character. Not now, then. Ask them when they're running out. Ask them when there's no heat in their homes and they're cold. Ask them when their engines stop. Ask wow. them when people who have never known hunger start going hungry. Wow. You want to know something? Right. They won't want us to ask them. They'll yeah. just want us to get them for it. Yeah. And uh, get it for them. Uh, I mean, and I think that's, those are, that was a chilling fictional no. exchange, uh, but we may be closer to reality than we think. No. Uh, energy prices are soaring to levels not seen in a decade. Uh, media attention has rightly been focused on gasoline, but there has been less of a spotlight on the price of soft commodities such as wheat, corn, and sunflower oil, all of which hit records hot, record highs uh, since uh, Russia's invasion. These commodities are essential to human consumption, from everything to bread that we eat to the food that animals such as cows, chickens, and pigs consume and are sources of protein for many in the world. This is an essay from uh, a great organization called Responsible Statecraft. They're a good non-interventionist group. Um, do, already do reeling. Jump, do you mind if I jump in here with some just quick yep. numbers just to jog everyone's memory while you're setting that up? Sure. Year over year, prices of beverages, 32.91% increase. Uh, commodity fuel energy index has gone up 73.63%. Uh, let's see, coal, 126.82%, folks. Coal, coal, yeah, coal. Petroleum, crude oil, 56.57%. Heating oil, Dowd, up 67.98%. 
That's correct, folks. Uh, you were listening. Jet fuel, you want to know why your airplane tickets are so much more expensive this year than they were two years ago or even last year? Up 72.25%. 54.05% for propane, folks. Coffee, up 68.93%. Tea, up 32%. Soft red winter wheat, up 20.12%. Maize, corn, 17.98%. Even your corn tortillas are expensive. And chicken, up 59.12%. And uh, finally, something called palm oil, which a lot of kitchens use, a lot of kitchens, up 60.47%. And cotton, yes, even your shirts, up 51.56%. Just a little something to uh, backdrop out on that uh, in price increases. Pretty, pretty incredible over 12 yeah, months. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, maybe we've, maybe we've only begun. Russia, the country that we are deplatforming from the world economy, uh, is the top exporter of wheat worldwide, 20% of global supply from one country. Uh, Ukraine is the sixth top exporter of wheat uh, and produces about 8% of the global supply. Ukraine, uh, a, a, one of the reasons Eastern Europe has been a bloodbath for centuries is because there's such rich soil in Eastern Europe. Uh, Ukraine is blessed with black soil known as Kernosum and is the world's leader of sunflower oil and a top exporter of corn, rapeseed, and barley. Europe, the Middle East, and China are leading destinations uh, for Russia and the Ukraine, obviously because the United States were so well endowed here. So commodities market problematic. Who's going to be hurt the most from all of this production being out of production as people are being killed and as crops aren't being planted and as minerals aren't being exported. Pakistan, Bangladesh, Egypt, Lebanon, uh, Morocco, people in the poorer countries. And this uh, great essayist from uh, Responsible Statecraft looks at a real world example. This is not, you know, this is not just sort of pure theory uh, in terms of, of, of what happens in a food shortage. In Sri Lanka, the island nation of Sri Lanka, they are to the, I believe, southeast of India on the, the subcontinent That's there, right. yep. uh, offers a stark warning of uh, not something that was prompted by an international commodities disaster, but by green policy. Uh, they went for, uh, uh, they shifted their policies toward uh, artificial fertilizer encouraged by the Rockefeller Foundation. Uh, and it ex they experienced a brutal and swift economic and humanitarian disaster. Uh, against claims that organic methods can produce comparable yields to conventional farming, domestic rice production in the nation of Sri Lanka fell 20% in the first six months of the experiment alone. Sri Lanka had long been self-sufficient in rice production, uh, but it was forced to import $450 million worth of rice, even as domestic prices for it uh, surged by 50%. Uh, it devastated the nation's tea crop, uh, the country's primary export and source of foreign exchange. Uh, this is a uh, written piece was written up by the uh, magazine Foreign Policy. Quote, human costs have been even greater. Prior to the pandemic's outbreak, the country had proudly achieved upper middle class status. Today, half a million people have sunk back into poverty. Uh, the policy shift was described as a collection of magical thinking, technocratic hubris, ideological delusion, self-dealing and sheer short-sightedness uh, with the triple-barreled threat of inflation, soaring fuel prices and shrunken food supplies, the world faces something like the fate suffered by the poor Sri Lankans. Uh, once again, those responsible, unlikely to pay 
any price. Uh, you're not going to believe this, ladies and gentlemen. It actually, the, the Biden administration, this is a quote I haven't heard, probably you haven't heard. Uh, Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack, mm. Biden, Biden's buddy, uh, when they asked him a question about fertilizer costs and food shortages and all these associated problems, this is what he said, quote, maybe sacrifices are necessary close quote. Um, and uh, there's a lot of everybody professor- is a, uh, every, everybody, just like you said, last hour, seemingly Dowd is, uh, someone who's been through the, uh, world economic forum, uh, Bilderberg, uh, oh, yeah? uh training. Oh, I think it's mobbed point, up. Yeah. They, they, that's just like their frame of mind. And they talk about it like it's a normal thing. And you know, this is also similar to what you going through. And by the way, tremendous job yesterday on uh, what you did and going back on the 54 different press releases since the beginning of the year coming and uh, noting uh, poignantly that uh, Martin Heinrich has yet to even discuss energy costs in any such way. In fact, only one representative did. And that of course was Yvette Harrell who gets her money, some of it from oil and the oil producers and is saying, Hey, we need to go ahead and uh, open up the spigots, uh, remove the gas tax. And, and she was the one as a Republican to call for these, these types of things. And we saw, Maryland's uh, Larry Hogan. So, you know, everyone is taking their marching orders from a non-governmental organization, which has an underground uh, uh, pinnings, underpinnings that are directly connected to the Great Reset. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned Vilsack's connection. Uh, you, you don't get to be Secretary of Agriculture in the Biden administration without no. having all the right connections. And I will commend I've had my issues with this law professor. He writes for the New York Post, Glenn Reynolds. He's more of a neocon, but I he's the one who wrote this, caught that quote from Vilsack, our agriculture uh, cabinet secretary, quote, maybe sacrifices are necessary. And then the professor says, you can rest assured that Mr. Vilsack won't be the one making those sacrifices. You and I will be the one making those those sacrifices. And and finally, the the final article I caught on this in terms of what's happening in the the Midwest, um, America is an agriculture powerhouse. I mean, whether it's our Midwestern section, our wonderful soil, the technologies we've developed, I, I come out of a apple orchard background. So I do have kind of an interest in agriculture, the technology, the plows, the tractors, the things that have developed in the United States. I mean, nobody, no country on earth has as high performing, high productivity agriculture as the United States. Uh, Even if all the rest of the world fell into nuclear winter, uh, we would, we'd have some disruptions, but we would be able to feed ourselves because we're the damn United States. So I was looking at what the Midwest is reacting to this. There was an Illinois uh, professor of agriculture who was talking about what, what the impact is. Uh, of course, Russia and Ukraine, we just heard, produce a quarter of world wheat exports. Uh, before the invasion, global supplies of wheat already very, very, very tight. The professor says, we don't want to gloat over people in a war zone. But yes, this is beneficial for Illinois wheat producers to the extent that they have not priced that crop yet. In Illinois, in the Midwest, winter wheat is a double crop grown in conjunction with soybeans. Uh, in the winter, uh, after, in the fall, after soybeans are harvested, farmers plant wheat right behind the soybeans. The wheat overwinters, then in March, it starts growing again, and the wheat is harvested in June. Now, we use our wheat in America for flour. Europeans use wheat to feed their livestock. Uh, the bad news for consumers is that strong commodity prices mean products like bread, cookies, pasta, and pastries will be affected by inflation it means it's good news for American farmers in the heartland, but there's only so much they can make up for the production that's going to come offline globally. So, hey, good for people in agriculture in middle America. I hope you have a profitable season. Farming is a very 
volatile business. Uh, every so often at the orchard, we have a late spring freeze and all the apple blossoms or even the young applets themselves die and we have no crop and no income for a year and a half. So farming isn't always fun. It looks like Americans are poised to take advantage of this. But again, this opportunity is being presented to them because of what is looking more and more like a global calamity. And I'm terrified. I mean, Europe, Europe can survive, but when you're cutting off big supplies of food and foodstuffs to the third world, what the heck happens there? I mean, the third world has been battered by uh, the first world locking itself down. You know, we're big consumers of a lot of products from the third world. We locked ourselves down. They've been hit pretty hard by that. And then now potentially a food problem for them. Oh, we live in interesting times, don't we, Mr. Aragon? When are we going to learn our lesson? At what point are we going to learn our lesson, Dowd? I think, uh, you know, we're, we're waving this flag and we're telling everybody, you know, this is happening, this is happening. I mean, if I'm communicating to you that the prices have escalated anywhere from 20 to 60% on something that you use every day and you aren't paying attention to that, who's the problem with? Is the problem with them? Or is the problem with you? Wouldn't you want to try and make as much money as you can and take over and make people poor and make sure that uh, they're in hock to you if you are the owners? Remember, George Carlin did his famous owner's routine, which you should all watch. The owners don't want you to be too intelligent, too smart, too powerful. They don't want you to have control. Or would it be on you for your level of participation, your lack of information that you're getting? Who is that on, ultimately? That's ultimately on you because now... With your iPhone and iCar and your iHouse and your iLife that you're having, shouldn't you, I, be able to go ahead and make your choices for yourself? We are suffering through the worst that we have suffered through, and you're not feeling a thing. And that's all they're trying to prevent. They're issuing Novocaine every single day, and they've got to drill halfway down your throat. And a lot of these dentists are like, oh, you can't feel that? Well, he was a great dentist. He gave me lots of drugs. Yeah, that's what you're saying about your leaders. They're great leaders. They're giving us lots of drugs. They're pacifying us with sports and food and giving us checks and making us all get all because, hey, this is who we elected. This is what we want. Yeah, they prolong the pain until it's a complete and total root canal, folks. And this is what we are preparing you for. if, if If this show is hard to listen to lately, it's because of you, because of your inability to... Get with the program as to what they are selling, okay? You know, uh, what is this? Peace sells, but who's buying? I think that was a uh, famous Metallica. Uh, uh, let me get, nobody's buying because peace doesn't sell. We all want it. We all need it. None of us have it, and they aren't going to let you alone. If they can text message you to death and force you to pay attention to something else and get you programmed, they're going to do it and have you buying and every single... And the left has become you know, the old right and the right has become the old left. We've literally switched positions in this uh, entirely. I mean, uh, the, the the conservatives and uh, I think the true liberty lovers in this world have uh, arrived at a place where they, all they want to do is be left alone and want to be able to go ahead and go to work, go to school, come home and relax. And right now, doubt it's anything but. Uh, Eddie, your disengagement point is wonderful. And I, I heard this years ago and I haven't heard this phrase in, in a long time or this aphorism. Uh, 1% of people act, 4% of people watch, 95% of people say, what happened? Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. And we are uh, the, truly the 1%. It's uh, it's Jimmy Carter all over again, if you really think about it, folks. Uh, 
Just uh, Jimmy Car- Biden is Jimmy Carter on steroids. Back after a quick break right here in the Kiva. AM 1600 KIVA, BQ.FM, rockoftalk.com. Thanks for listening. Aragon for Axiom Home Services. Axiom Home Services specializes in refrigerated air conditioning conversions. Time to ditch the swamp cooler and convert to cool, refreshing, refrigerated air. Did you know Axiom Home Services is one of the highest rated AC companies in Albuquerque with over 40 years experience and provides a five-year parts and labor warranty on any new refrigerated air conditioning installation? Axiom Home Services maintains 4.9 stars on Google Review and check out what our customers say about Axiom. Call 792-9742. That's 792-9742. Or AxiomHVAC.com. Music is the great communicator on MakeUsGodlyAgain.com. Sometimes we just need a pick-me-up. MakeUsGodlyAgain.com. Hi, this is Ava, and I love sitting on the Monroe's patio just enjoying some chips and salsa. And I'm Stella. I love the fresh air. 
and enchiladas and tacos. Hey, Grandpa, what about the fresh air? Ooh, and some red or green chili with a cool beverage. And the fresh air? Oh, Grandpa, this is the best meal. It is delicious. Hey, guys, what about the fresh air? And what, what about, about the, the fresh, fresh air? air? We are going to Monroe's in the Heights and downtown. Directions at chili.theplaceilike.com. S3 Technologies, security service solutions. Security, a variety of security for cloud, perimeter, network, server, and email. S3 Technologies' proactive approach to information technology management provides a secure and reliable platform that allows you to focus on your business instead of the management of your IT infrastructure. S3 Technologies, years of expertise keeping your company up to date with a watchful eye and flexible solutions to manage your environment efficiently, safely, and securely. You'll never know how efficient you can run your business until you talk to S3 Technologies. Make an appointment to get a roadmap and risk assessment of what steps you can take to secure your business. Turn your business into secure growth in 2022. S3 Technologies, 505-242-5683. 505-242-5683. S3 Technologies, online, s3nm.com. The market is flooded with health supplements that claim benefits in memory, but virtually none offer credible evidence with their products working until now. Memory Revitalizer 800-606-0192. This potent natural formula was invented by a neuroscientist and physician. Memory Revitalizer slows aging, improves memory, increases energy, gives robust stamina. It has been used in an Alzheimer's clinic for 18 years. It is safe. It does not interact with other prescription drugs. Two large blinded studies confirm the benefits in memory capacity. Customers say it's wonderful. It works. It's essential. Buy it from Best Buy Pharmacy, Manal Pharmacy, and other independent pharmacies. Or purchase it from Moses Country Store and other independent health stores. Or go to MemoryRevitalizer.com. MemoryRevitalizer.com or 800-606-0192. MemoryRevitalizer.com or 800-606-0192. Hi, this is Mark Minicucci with the Minicucci Insurance Agency. We are privately held and locally owned. We market property and casualty insurance products and risk management services primarily to a variety of companies located within New Mexico and the surrounding states. We are able to meet the needs of a large international company as well as small local businesses. We employ the best and brightest agents to ensure that our customers are well taken care of. Call us today at 883-3683-883-3683. I need something sweet. Chocolate, vanilla, fudge with fruit, nuts, cream jelly, mouth-watering, tingling, sensational, and I need it right now. Not just from anywhere. It must be the Candy Lady in Old Town, and they'll even deliver. Check out the Candy Lady at CandyLady.com. Sometimes you're better off dead. There's a gun in your hand that's pointing at your head. You think you're mad, too unstable. Kicking in chairs and knocking down tables in a restaurant in a West End town. Call the police, there's a madman around. Running down underground to a dive bar in a West End town. In a West End town, the dead end world. The East End boys and West End girls. In a West End town, the dead end world. The East End boys and West End girls. Five thirty-one here in the Kiva. Little, uh, well, you know, I was, I was thinking about uh, 
all of the uh, wonderful groups of the 80s. This is one that oftentimes gets overlooked. You know the words, you know the songs, uh, they're all there. Pet Shop Boys, whatever. Whatever. Nobody ever asked whatever happened to the Pet Shop Boys or when the uh, when are the Pet Shop Boys about to, to reunite? Uh, see, some things were just uh, sort of better off in the eras uh, that they came out. But uh, Pet Shop Boys, one of those. The West End Girls, I love um, uh, opportunities. You've got the brains. I've got the look. Let's make lots of money. Now, um, now he doesn't have the brains or the look. Uh, his name, Coy Griffin, poor guy, uh, going through uh, going through all sorts of hell as uh, the Cowboys for Trump uh, founder there. Uh, yeah, he is uh, front page of the Albuquerque. You notice they just, they love to use him as a prop. I mean, he's not even that big in community, in conservative community circles anymore, folks. I mean, I don't know what you people in the media, you, you people, well, you people in the media are so fascinated with this guy with like, he's not running for county commission. Now he's going for like, it's because you got to keep this whole January the 6th crap motif uh, working for you. There's literally no other reason. So it's front page news, front center, big, bold letters with him coming out and Coy. <sighs> the narcissism runs deep in this man, uh, young ladies. Uh, this man, be, beware. This is the guy who didn't care what was happening to him all the while he was standing up for Trump. And then he remember the, the, the part that's unforgivable for me is a guy who literally founds an entire, uh, movement organization, whatever, based upon Trump. And then he bad mouths the very guy that he founded the organization upon at that point. Don't you just cease becoming the founder for Cowboys for Trump? I mean, it, doesn't that just, so anyway, uh, the guy's coming out in a in a, in a two beast uh, cowboy giddy up uh, out of the uh, We the People truck, and it says "Divided we fall." And there's not much that's really united by one Coy Griffin, including his own Cowboys for Trump movement. So he's being used as a prop. I doubt he has very little. Uh, uh, what would you say is the word cachet uh, or currency, uh, as they say? And I think gravitas, gravitas. <laughs> yeah, it's just not there. So. He's a prop used by liberal media. That's what they used him for there. But uh, he stands to, uh, for little or nothing of the uh, conservative, quote unquote, movement, if you could even say. I mean, um, bowel movements are stronger than what's going on with the Cowboys for Trump right now. Uh, other, uh, you know, I, I, every other movement in the, in the state is stronger than anything uh, that we're seeing on the conservative side of things. We've got a gubernatorial race. Uh, Greg Zanetti, hour three, and uh, no, it's you and me, and the Dowd will not make three. He'll be not be along for that ride there, um, but you will be, uh, and you're going to listen to a powerful hour with a Brigadier General, and we learned so much about him. We got to find out his family, his kids, and all of these other things uh, about uh, General Greg Zanetti, and didn't realize his dad was president of the University of Albuquerque, married his childhood sweetheart, and all these other things, like Kind of a, a normal normal guy, but at the same time, uh, kind of a, the last Boy Scout, if you will. I almost feel like you remember that uh, movie, right? The last Boy Scout, Bruce Willis. Sort of felt like that's the, the way you kind of wanted to talk to him. So it's an interesting uh, hour that you guys are going to hear in number three, an explosive hour at that. And uh, one that D. Dowd Muska might actually tune in for. Uh, we will see. He's, he's not a political guy, just so you know. He's not a political guy, but uh, Dowd's going to serve up the next half hour here in the Kiva. What's next there, uh, D3000? 
Uh, well, just uh, we're going to get into some serious wokeness, ladies and gentlemen. We, we, we are uh, only got about 25 minutes left, but we will get into some serious wokeness. Eddie, I got a message from my mother this morning. Just heard on the radio that Coy Griffin was speaking outside a D.C. courthouse after he was convicted on one charge and not guilty on the other. What are the chances that I knew who they were reporting about? Um, and I texted back. Um, Nice guy, really. Came up and shook my hand after I gave a talk in Otero County uh, back in 2019, but dumb as a rock politically. Uh, he still has trouble here in New Mexico with the election regulation goons. Uh, Maggie still wants her pound of flesh because he started a political action committee and then continues to insist that it's not a political action committee. Uh, that's not very bright. Uh, and then the, and then the auditors all over his ass. Brian Colon's like, we're not going to be doing the recount out in Otero County where you got. The- <laughs> he voted for the re- he voted for the special investigation. Uh, but you know the thing, the thing, Eddie, that really killed me about Mister Griffin, and you know he was a nice guy. He came up and shook my hand two years ago, but oh my god, coming up on three years. Um, you can't tell Black Lives at, at activists to go back to Africa. Um. African people were brought to this country in the early 17th century. If you if you picked a random black American, their heritage probably goes back farther in American history than my family's does, okay? And you're you're feeding that narrative of they don't belong here, those people um come on in the water's fine. I don't care your race, creed or color, we're all Americans. I think to me that's when I really abandoned my my final a bit of compassion for Coy Griffin. I mean, what an asinine thing to say. And, you know, the, the term racist is hurled around a lot. But when you tell American citizens with black skin to go back to Africa and their heritage goes back 400 years, that is an a- beyond asinine. And dare I say, even racist thing to say, incredibly stupid thing to say. And you're right, Eddie, I, I don't think he has a constituency. It's not like conservatives and libertarians are getting up every morning to get their daily message from Coy Griffin. I mean, uh, but as you said, the Albuquerque Journal, uh, I just looked at the website of the Santa Fe New Mexican. It's splash number one story. Uh, People on the left love this story. You know, another white supremacist Trump uh, supporter who uh, I think the AP called the January 6th event a siege yesterday in their coverage. It was the siege of the Capitol. Uh, They're going to milk this thing. Don't ever get into a a romantic relationship with a liberal, folks. I'm just letting you know right now, it doesn't matter what you did. It'll never be good enough. Uh, I believe we have live footage from Washington, D.C. of Coy Griffin being interviewed uh, there at the uh, court. Uh, Here, we're going to break to that live footage. uh, Excuse me, that footage uh, from a little bit earlier this morning right now. Are you crazy? Or just plain stupid? Stupid is stupid does, Mrs. Blue. I guess. Uh, there it is. Uh, I think, uh, I don't know if I heard everything correctly. Well, what's going on, Mrs. Blue? Are you crazy? Or just plain stupid? Stupid is stupid does, Mrs. Blue. I guess. Yeah, there it is. Uh, th- this morning, uh, you can't hear that often enough there, uh, D-Dowd Muska. There it is, live footage from this morning. Uh, Coy Griffin showing up to the uh, U.S. Uh, federal courthouse for his Hearing, uh, there you go. I'm glad uh, we got that straight. Uh, that, that's not all the footage we really needed. So, uh, shifting from January sixth, yes. the, the siege uh, I, to another type of siege, I would say a cultural siege that's going on right here in our local communities, all all across uh, the country as well, globally too. <clears throat> Wokeness. It is not Pride Day. It is not Pride Week. It is not Ooh. Pride Month. It is Pride season at new mexico oh, state university wow like uh, a whole season it, a season is what is three, that four the seasons a year time that's spring 
March, April, May. We got three three months for for Pride season. Uh, they are touting the largest ever Pride season. Uh, and again, if you if a student organization, if an individual student wants to do whatever they want, I don't care. I'm not interested. This is your tax dollars, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, according to an official release from the uh, fine fine. Institute of Higher Learning, known as NMSU, uh, the LGBT plus programs, mm. I guess that's a, it's its own entity. It hosts prize season each spring to celebrate the diversity of students, faculty, and staff in the LGBTQ plus wow. community and well, promote what, participation. Dowd, wait, I got to stop you. What are the chances that KKOB could be celebrating its 100th anniversary starting at New Mexico State University? Uh, they oftentimes don't say that. And then at the very same time, you know, the pride seasons happening at New Mexico State University. Did they line this up together? I think they might have. I think that's oh, cool. a little, little uh, coordination there. Look a little um, deeper down. This deeper, whole cool. season, not this day, not this week, not this month, the whole season. So what, three months? Uh, there will be, they will be promoting participation and inclusion in campus life through fun and educational activities. Uh, food, folks, huh. and fun down at MS, NMSU. Uh, festivities began at the Pride Night when New Mexico State, the women's game, uh, I would say some people might think appropriately enough, uh, the women's basketball game against Utah State, uh, it will continue Ooh. all throughout March and April. They Are you sure a- you want to invite Utah in for that one? I mean, given the strong Mormon traditions, is that, are they trying to wake up Utah, you think? That was a bad call, Ripley. Very yeah, bad call. I it think was so. a bad call. Uh, there is a woman named Zoe Sophia Pook. Uh, she is, I haven't figured out her salary yet, but I'm working on it. Uh, she's, I guess, the director of LGBT plus programs, your tax dollars, ladies and gentlemen. Quote, this is surely the largest pride season ever. I could not be prouder of our pride season, of our collaboration with, here we go, Chicano programs, New Mexico State Athletics, ASNMSU, Asian? Black programs, wow. the English department. What does the English department have to do with LGBT? Uh, Creative Media Institute, American Indian programs, the Aggie Health and Wellness Center, and Alianza of New Mexico. Wow, we brought the whole the whole gangs back together again. It Touchdown. surely it surely is, Dowd. And uh, as uh, one Frank Trevin would say, and don't call me Shirley. Uh, I wonder what uh, I had to use that. I wonder what Leslie Nielsen would think about America in 2022. Uh, Okay, so Ms. Pook uh, added, quote, it really shows the commitment of our campus partners to our students and toward, you guessed it, equity, inclusion, and diversity. Hmm. I'm excited our program is now under Dr. Teresa Maria Linda Scholz. Holy cow, that's four names. She got, she did the, she did the four. Teresa Maria Linda Scholz. Wow. She, she runs the Office of Equity, Inclusion, and Diversity. Our increased programming reflects that. This is exciting. A special lunch uh, was to be co-hosted by the Black Programs Culture Chat. Uh, there will be, let's see, LBGT plus programs office uh, in the Corbett Center Student Union. They will be having a pizza party and an afternoon of socializing. Special appearance on March 22nd, that is today, ladies and gentlemen. Get in your cars and yes. head for campus right now. The Cuban-American professional wrestler, Diamante, Ooh. is stopping by, okay? Is uh, it a man dis- or a woman? Well, we're, let's get into it. To discuss okay. Latinx yeah. and LB, LGBTQ plus representation in sports entertainment. We, we didn't find out what the where the gender – well, wait a minute. 
If it's Diamante, it's that's one e, name. That's right? not no, 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 that's not a male or a female. When you go E, it could it's either way. I'd say that's drag. Lots of drag goes. Uh, drag, yeah, they don't do the A, the A, yeah, Latin, yep, yep. or the uh, O, the masculine. It's E. So uh, they could. It's either way. I think that's why they chose the E. Uh, all right. I'm, I'm really, I didn't see the dates on this. I would have gone. Uh, down she, to... uh, her partner is uh, Kira Hogan. I'm on the wiki page of one Priscilla, originally known as Priscilla Zuniga. Better queen known of the as desert. As, uh, yeah, Diamante. Yes, Priscilla, queen of the desert. I uh, can't really see what's going on there. Lots of tats, uh, but here it is. Trained by Rusty Books, uh, Brooks, five foot one, a 114 partner, Kira Hogan. I guess that would make her, well, Kira is, uh, yeah, there it is. Okay. Well, all you have to do is look at it right there. She is. Uh, it was announced that she's in a relationship with fellow wrestler Kira Hogan. Her okay. younger brother, I guess she is. Okay. I guess she would be a sister then, was performing as Casey Navarro. Oh. All right. White swath of entertainment there down in uh, Los Angeles. <laughs> a little from column A, a little from column B. Uh, yeah. It gets better, ladies and gentlemen. Again, we're talking about Pride Season. Not Pride Day, not Pride Week, not Pride Month, Pride Season. There's going to be uh, some film screenings, and uh, participating in those film screenings will be the Gay Anime Club. Oh. So apparently this is a group of uh, students who are into gay anime. Wow. Uh, I, don't even, I don't even know what to say about the gay uh, anime. Ma- moving on. Uh, they will also, the office of LGBTQP uh, ellipsis ampersand will also be offering free rapid and confidential mm. testing. Oh. Not, not, not coronavirus oh. testing, ladies and gentlemen, Please because stop. as you know, coronavirus HIV, is over. AIDS, this will be uh, HIV, uh, HIV testing. Uh, uh, very, very okay. Now we're also during the Pride season. We're going to have Isn't that the, sort of calling it a gay disease by offering free testing for that, but not at other quote unquote heterosexual events. Very discriminatory. You are absolutely right. What yeah, about Ryan White? What about all the, yeah, the about children it? and the heterosexual uh, yeah. HIV positive people? I think they should have a screening at every nightclub, uh, particularly country bars and uh, old time swing dancing places. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. Uh, if very, very, very good. Very good. Uh, if you if you don't have time to get to the HIV screening, you can go to the annual. Pride season drag show Ooh, at uh, okay. 7 p.m. Well, they will um, be children's books. And uh, can we bring, is that child friendly down? Drag queen story hour. I get it. Uh, there will be yeah. the drag show. Now, listen, there's plenty, folks, you've got plenty of time. You've got almost well, a month minus a day. April 21st is at at the Corbett Center Student Union, 7 p.m. NMSU, by Dia Electra. Um, and Gabrielle Stratton Galore. Um, now, the good news is this is not just some little podunk uh, uh, Las Cruces kind oh, of thing. just like uh, uh, the, old, the old P Galore. There we go. Wow. wow. Um, they, the participants in the Drag Queen show will not be just local. They will be local as well as national, as well as students uh, uh, performing in there. And let's say uh, uh, Rosita uh, Thorne from El Paso will be there. Uh, and no. also Harley Rains. The first 75 Aggies uh, in attendance at the Drag Queen show will receive an LGBT plus programs water bottle. Okay, oh, moving on. Uh, actor and activist Kia Amara. He or she will lead an in, a discussion on disabled LGBTQ uh, plus representation in TV and film. Wait, so, if it still works, what if they're like Lieutenant Dan and he uh, whips out his tube and he says, all I got is this. Uh, is that still, can you, is, do you identify one way or the other LGBTQ if all you got is a tube that you, you know, 
What do you lead with if you're a disabled LGBTQ plus? Because like, does one get you more of an advantage than another? Sympathy. Um, uh, you've heard of sympathy. Uh, there's sympathy sex, and then there's uh, whatever that would be. Uh, the actor and activist uh, Kia Amara, she creates inclusive work, and okay. she runs a collective, an artist collective, Ooh. called Indie Visible, an advocate for disabled, chronically Lever. ill, uh, neurodiverse, and Ooh. queer art. Um, neurodiverse. I neurodiverse is something be? about like mentally, you know, challenged people. Uh, okay, back to oh, the woman oh, in charge. I, I'm like, if I wanted to go full schizo, then come back as, you know, for uh, full, I don't know, uh, uh, OCD coupled with like that's be neurodiverse. You suffer from a number of different conditions. Okay, got it. Well, maybe that's how I finally get in under the under the some. You know, now, uh, the, the, uh, consider yourself included there, sir. I do have a serotonin issue with this Irish brain mm. of mine. All right, so back to we're going to wrap things up with the woman in charge of it all, our beloved uh, director of LGBT plus programs, Zoe Sophia Pook. Uh, oh, the the, the wow. press release ends with her. What do you think her situation is? I don't know. Quote, I am a transgender, know. disabled, yeah. Lebanese-American woman. Is that a threefer or a fourfer? Transgender, disabled, Lebanese, and woman. So she gets a, a great, four. A great accompaniment to any holiday party. <laughs> That's the first. If you first bring that in, you will be the top. If you're looking to get noticed, it's not going to be your business card or your font or the type of suit, your new watch, jewelry. No, uh, you want to bring the lesbian, disabled uh transgender what uh lebanese lebanese i did yeah From i did the great, that. The great, uh, uh, i think you said lesbian lebanese. um trans <laughs> trans <laughs> i said lebanese it's maybe it's all the maybe, same maybe, maybe the yeah, maybe they the lesbos <laughs> come from les you know lesbania you know and, uh, i and worked for lebanese. a lebanese american one time he was yeah. a nice guy um all right so she's transgender disabled lebanese american she's very excited about this pride season because he, he. what uh, i thought oh, she's good. transgender you are killing it dowd uh no longer can do PSAs uh, for uh, great seasonal cultural uh, events uh, to celebrate the LGBTQ plus community. Okay, on this program, we call we call people who call themselves transgendered women men. I have okay. to remember that. Right? In this episode of The Rock of Leah, Leah Thomas yesterday. Right? Yes. yes. Uh, okay, she's very excited, uh, and her purpose in all of this is to bridge accessibility with her work in equity and inclusion, and to bring the aforementioned Kia Amara the uh, actor and activist who focuses on disabled LGBT, uh, to oh. campus to present a workshop and discussion addressing the intersectional barriers wow. that, oh, I love this. If it's intersectional, oh. is there really a barrier at that point? <laughs> I mean, can, can you say there's such a thing? Wait, I, I here we are. These transgender, lesbian, bisexual, homosexual, person of uh, various uh, ethnic uh, descents of various colors out there. I don't know that we could like make it any more sophisticated or complicated, but I do see a sort of uh, conflict in terms here, intersectional barriers. I don't think that could actually exist because if they intersect, there is no barrier that's preventing them from intersecting. Uh, Eddie, you are once again. I mean, the, your ability to dissect language is yes. amazing. Uh, uh, by definition, if you're intersectional, by definition, you are crossing from one section into another. Right. Ergo, you did not face a barrier, or you were easy, you were able to easily overcome the barrier. Exactly. Um, boy, yeah. I would love the nuns who raised me uh, in the Catholic uh, uh, school world to diagram some of the sentences that these people mm. come up with. All right, so yeah. uh, intersectional barriers that minoritize. Now, oh. that's a brand new one for me. I love me. it. 
I've never heard minoritized before. That'd be uh, that'd be Rachel. Uh, that'd be Rachel Dozier. That we, uh, where basically somebody somebody who can minoritize themselves through their intersectionality of their relationship that would allow them to adopt their quote unquote partner for the time being their ethnic background. Hence the guy yesterday as a white guy who took on his Hispanic wife's last name, he now just became minoritized. There we go. Another key distinction here in language, ladies and gentlemen, if you're born a minority, you're simply a minority, but if you're not born in minority, and you choose you to identify, be. you go through the process this of minoritization. Great. We're really uh, breaking down the barriers. I feel listen, like we've done all of the work for them. They just need to go out and celebrate it on our back, on our dime, on our back. They are. And then let's not forget, uh, just to sort of challenge their inclusivity, I uh, challenge them, the LGBT community, to go ahead and uh, allow a Trump supporter slash paleocon conservative radio talk show host to uh, their um, uh, endeavors to celebrate the LGBTQ plus uh, community down in Las Cruces to allow me to be a public speaker. I think that would be the utmost and the and its highest in terms of inclusivity. Uh, Eddie, I mean, it's, 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 we've always known that uh, equity and diversity inclusion, yeah. you know, uh, Evangelical Christians have always been a big part of that on our college campuses. They've always mm -hmm. been invited. Uh, libertarian, a founding father, enlightenment oh, guys like me. Absolutely. We're, we're yeah. always invited to that. Always, yeah. When they mean inclusion, they mean inclusion. Everybody, inclusion. yes. Absolutely. Particularly Hispanic, uh, I guess, uh, uh, Trump supporters who are on the radio talking about making America great again. So there you go. Uh, and I know we're running out of time, but I just also want, uh, and I'll have this in the notes tonight, folks. Another essay, brilliant, by uh, Lazarus Nance uh, Letcher. Wow. Uh, is that hyphenated or his, his, uh, No, no hyphenation, but he does in parentheses no. include they, them as his, fav as his favorite pronouns. Oh, nice. Uh, P PhD candidate in American studies at UNM. So you're subsidizing his <laughs> education. Uh, his American work, studies at UNM. Isn't that sort of like starting World War Three? Like, if you're making a declaration and you have a hyphenated last name and you're a candidate for American studies at a place called the University of New Mexico, does that even get you through the door anywhere at this point? That That's a worthless degree. Uh, Eddie, I'm thinking maybe the name of the program should be changed from American studies to how to destroy America studies. I, uh, I would so. think that would probably maybe be that's it. Maybe that's, <laughs> the, that's the clever part there. I see it. Uh, his, his work focuses on um, transphobia's roots in white supremacy, Ooh, uh, black and indigenous that. collaborations for liberation, hey. and uh, queer diasporas. I don't know. Oh, I, the old queer diaspora. I feel like it's more like a queer invasion. Uh, you I, know, I, uh, pick your neighborhood, uh, whether we're going to make something completely and totally fabulous or we're going to regentrify with all the accents of uh, queer. Uh, nation coming into your neighborhood to make it fabulous. Hello. <laughs> I'm a little puzzled. I mean, queer. Di I mean, I know that there's the Irish. I'm there's part of the Irish, Irish diaspora. diaspora. Uh, there's there's oh. the Jewish diaspora. You know, people who were driven out of their native. Queer land. eye for the straight guy walks into your restaurants, demands to be uh, seated at the most fabulous place in the <laughs> restaurant, and if they aren't, they literally bring every queer into that restaurant to go ahead and sit at every single table and force you to have a complete and total inclusivity. And if not, they'll take it all the way to Supreme Court if you don't bake them a cake, if you don't make their steak, or if, uh, who knows? It's go. It's not a diaspora. They're not leaving anywhere. 
Uh, and the good news about Lazarus here, uh, writing for our, our good buddies at Source, New Mexico, uh, where, where else would he write? That's not his real name. Uh, I can tell you that right now. No one named his children <laughs> Lazarus. Uh, he is trans, and he turns 30 this year. Oh. Um, his work... Well, I have a medal for him. Now, his work is this more specific exhibit uh, at the Art Museum of New Mexico State will be uh, featured this winter. The exhibit is called Stages of Teutonic Blackness. Um, I'm going to be looking forward to that, uh, going down and, and visiting that. He's this part of the last of lighthearted, uh, sort of, uh, you know, <laughs> conversation. You, you know? could go have a beer with Lazarus and yuck it up. I mean, he'd be a joy to be around. I, I, I could, I could just tell, uh, he's part of the last generation that didn't quite have the language for the feelings that flooded us as Is kids. His quote? Is this, uh, his quote? this is his essay. I, I uh, and he's read it. I almost feel like I need to. Play some dramatic uh, thematic sounds in the background to, to kind of build this up like like it's a movie uh, that we need to be going. It, it, uh, I want to say it slowly with meaning as if Lazarus himself was telling the audience about what is so important to him. Uh, Lazarus, PhD, American Studies, ladies and gentlemen. I'm part of the last generation that didn't quite have the language for the feelings that flooded us as kids. I didn't understand why I couldn't take off my shirt as I stomped through puddles with my pals, why I was never invited to the sleepovers I actually wanted to go to, or why I seemed to be the only one that couldn't quite envision my future self as a devoted wife and mother. The church, the ridicule of my peers and their parents, and decades of seeing nothing but straight relationships or straight actors perform caricatures of queer romance in the media didn't change who I was. My family has always had my back. But at that time, there was so little knowledge and access to the care I sorely needed. They couldn't help me the way they would if I were a child today. My level of stress has never been higher. <clears throat> Needless to say, he has a lot of thoughts about what he calls uh, anti-transgender legislation in places like Florida. Uh, I will inflict this link on our subscribers Please. tonight in the show Please. notes, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, That's okay, our good buddy, Lazarus. Uh, you're paying, for the record, folks, you're yeah. paying for uh, a, not all, I mean, there is some tuition involved, but you're paying for a heck of a lot of this stuff. Uh, he got a free education in American studies. Uh, and uh, there you go. Just give us the top five. We, I got to get out of here. We got to go. We, we're literally going to a gubernatorial candidate after this. <laughs> top five, ladies and gentlemen. The uh, clicks you click the most on today's email from uh, right. sent to our subscribers. Uh, number one, Daniel Ivy Soto, state senator. He's in a little trouble. Women, you know, hashtag. He harassed a lesbian. Nothing more offensive to a lesbian than either a hitting on her girlfriend or and or b hitting on a lesbian herself and attempting to get her to convert to something that she had a choice in, but she admits readily admits that she never had a choice in. So uh, number two. Oh, and of course he'll he'll meet with the, the Catholic priests who counsel him on abortion because he's a big Important. fan of, of legal abortion. Yeah. Uh, so uh, number two, American uh, the American conservative Pat Buchanan's magazine, our suicidal moralism, interesting oh. piece, great piece. Uh, number three, down in Silver City, there's a basic income trial for migrants. We're going to be giving oh. free basic income to migrants in New Mexico. I like, it. I like that's it. a great you idea. Know, uh, number four, it is people we don't know uh, and giving them money that we don't have. Perfect. Yeah, I'll, I'll pay. Remember? I'll pay for their basic income while yeah, I fight to make idea. my own income. Uh, number four, free tuition in New Mexico. We love that. And number five, Russian invasion is a boon to the quote-unquote defense industry, uh, our friends in the military-industrial complex. There we go. I think it's time for a little bit of DAC to end the show. Hour three, you and me and the Dow will not make three, right here in the Kiva on AM600KIVABQ.FM. It's hard. 
be a woman Giving all your love to just one man You have bad times AM 1600 KIVABQ.FM, com 606 in the 505 with more 411 here for your third hour. I am Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVABQ.FM. And as always, love having these uh, gubernatorial candidates uh, right here uh, in the Kiva where we get to interview them and, uh, you know, sort of see what's going on with them. And uh, this afternoon we have uh, Greg Zanetti. Once again, stepping into the Kiva, and we appreciate uh, Brigadier General Greg Zanetti being here this afternoon. How are you doing, Greg? Uh, good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon. It is great to be back. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. I uh, love having you here because uh, there's so much going on in the world. Right. For such a long time, uh, Greg, you and I have been sort of going back and forth on, you know, what's happening, um, you know, what's going on with... Um, internationally world markets, you know, you know like you're, very quickly, your background, you know, your financial background on all this is I think so important for people to know, you know, that you invest people's money. It's right. your job to know what's going on in the, in the world. And, you know, we, we find ourselves in sort of this weird predicament in New Mexico where we didn't have enough money. And all of a sudden they printed off $27 billion and it's right. all right here. And I got to tell you, like the, we can't right. wait, wait on that to go ahead and, and bail us out. So, Right from the get-go, in terms of your profession, tell me why you are the right guy at the right time and why you think and why your supporters and you've now got this wave of momentum that's coming in. I mean, you're, you're really on the heels. You're not, not just in second, but a clear second uh, in, the, right. in the race and the latest polling that's going on. And this is some exciting news. And other people are looking at your background in the military, your financial acumen. Tell me why Greg Zanetti thinks why he is the right guy at the right time for New Mexico. Oh, it's about leadership and skill sets. It, I'm the only one in this race who's led thousands of troops. I'm the only one in this race who has has managed billions in assets. And Eddie, with what's going on in the world right now and how it affects New Mexico, I, I mean, it is a merger of the military and money. I mean, those are my two strong suits. And so you see what's happening out there, the rising prices, the inflation that's kicking in. Right. And war is always inflationary, which was adding on to what Biden was already doing, was making things so bad. And then when you have this rising inflation and, and the poor and the middle class feel squeezed, mm -hmm. people act out normally, sometimes the way they wouldn't normally do it, you see rising crime, you see rising civil unrest, rising social unrest, which is exactly what we're seeing right now. Yeah. Well, that's the generals in any part. Okay. Meanwhile, we've got a governor who's clueless about what's going on. She's wasting billions of dollars. And we're going to need a governor who can clean up this financial mess. Right. And so that's the financial advisor and a business owner in me. We need to run this state more like a business and right. less like a, a political playground. Do you remember that when we used to do that, when we used to talk about the person that we wanted? Oh, we need a businessman. We need a right. businessman. Like, uh, oh, and then we got one. We got one in Donald Trump. And all of a sudden... 
Now we don't want a businessman. We want someone who's been in government for 50 years. Right. Um, so let's just compare and contrast if we if we can here for, for a moment, like what we have to compare to what we could possibly get. Um, New Mexico could get a, its first businessman. Bill Richardson as a businessman, non-existent, right? right? I mean, the guy has been in government, came through uh, wherever he came through. I mean, Gary Johnson, he made his money. Uh, he was... Big selling Big J Enterprises because he had a guy that lived next door to him that gave him all the cost plus work on the labor, right. you know, for Intel. And then he spent $500,000, not a businessman. I mean, Gary, you can't, you can't say Gary's a businessman. He started growing pot, you know, then, then you got uh, Susanna <laughs> Martinez. She's an attorney, definitely not a business person. I right. mean, obviously uh, a district attorney uh, at that. And then Bruce King, you know, he always used to have that, uh, you know, Dick Nixon uh, type of thing that he'd put out. Or he'd go like that. You remember, you've been Absolutely. around here forever. He's like, he'd stick his head down and do that. Definitely not a businessman, a rancher. We have never, you go back to Tony no. Anaya, uh, not a businessman. Apodaca, uh, you could say maybe, maybe his son could be, but he's selling pot to Jeff Apodaca. So you would right. be the first business person if you really go back. And that's what we got in Donald Trump, uh, someone who leadership, direction. I mean, uh, Greg, uh, I think maybe that's what we're kind of seeing in the latest polls that have come out that uh, have you just right on the heels. And uh, I think it's just a little bit of name recognition here uh, with people just knowing who you are. Right. And so when you lay down the resumes, it does become pretty clear and it's not to beat my chest. It's just I've been very blessed to have these experiences over my lifetime. And yes, uh, I understand money. I understand balance sheets and I understand the difference between wealth and money and currency. And I know that all seems kind of esoteric to your audience, but if you understand how wealth is created, if you understand how prosperity comes from the bottom up and not just how to spend money, uh, that's probably the difference in this race. And as much as I, you know, are my opponents, they're fine but they've never run their own business right? for profit. Well, well let's, let's go through this real quick. Right. Uh, so um, Mark Ronchetti, weatherman, uh, weatherman okay? not right. owned a business. I think he did something Mark versus the mountain up in um, angel fire, New Mexico. Right. Then we've got all, all um, for TV, yeah, all through TV. <laughs> and then we got um, Rebecca Dow uh, legislator. Uh, right. I think she did educator. If I'm not mistaken, I think is kind of what she did. She was involved but, in some sort of kind of school thing. Is but she correct? runs nonprofits, but she writes grants. Okay. And that's okay. You can write grants. What, I'm what's a grant for our audience? Uh, just so that they know. Oh, basically you have these philanthropic or governmental organizations that will give away money to causes that they seem are good. Okay. So you go through this grant writing process where you fill it out. Look, I've got this little school out in Truth or Consequences that really needs help. And so it's like a pleading. Sure. Like, give me money because I need to do this, this, and this. Right. And it's all very noble. It's all very good. But there's a lot of difference between getting money from that or earning a profit, making a profit or providing a service, okay. employing people and paying the grocery receipts taxes and so on and so forth. There's a big difference between that and writing grants. Okay. So being a television personality, not a business. Okay. And then- right. Yammering against your, okay. And then Rebecca Dow, writing grants, uh, getting money from the government. Is that correct? Is that, right. Or from an organization that was- Right, and she has gotten money from the government. That's one of the issues is, you know, you're a legislator and getting money from the government. That's not very Republican, Greg. No. no. Okay. So uh, at least in my But, but she is kind of middle, I mean, she has won her district in terms of uh, yeah. the, the breakdown. I mean, there, we have to give her the fact that you know, in a 33% registered district, she's able to appeal to a lot of Democrats. Maybe, maybe now we know why. 
I guess is a, you can kind sure. of say that. Okay, uh, Jay Block, uh, military servant right. his entire life, but also worked uh, management consulting after his retirement. Right. right. Uh, and, I think and Booz so again, Allen or something like that. Right. So again, you're back in the government sphere or government contracting. Right. But to say that you're employing people and working in the private sector and creating wealth, probably not. Okay. And so there's a difference between being an employee and being the owner of the company. Got it. All right. And so you're an it. owner of your own company. Right. Left, then ran, it left private business to go serve your country. Right. And then, uh, well, let's not forget uh, what you also went to do is you also, after coming back from morning Guantanamo, then you're like, uh, you kind of got another step up, so to speak, uh, at the time to, to run one of the largest portfolios right. maybe in the world, which is Bill Gates. Right. And I understand the, uh, the stigma of Bill Gates. I never met the guy. I'll just tell you that but I learned a lot about how billions move and how they work against us. Okay. You need to understand that. Right, right. And so what we're seeing now, actually in the big world stage, mm -hmm. is you're seeing this, this battle between this group of globalists on one side of the planet, basically the West, the World Economic Forum, you know, right, all yeah. these things that you talk about all yeah, the time. Yeah. And then you've got a new block that is forming in the East with Russia, China, Iran, and India saying we're going to be a counterbalance to this. Yeah, I think that's important for us to understand the ebbs and the flows because, well, I'm going to jump right into something you and I touched upon okay. several times. There's a state investment council. Right. You're sitting on the third largest endowment in the entire country, the, right. land, the, the permanent fund. Um, tell us about this, why it's so important, why we get people like, I don't know, Jeffrey Epstein and big investors here. Like this is something that we don't oftentimes understand. And we are sitting on this mountain of money and this right. permanent fund, but it's also, as we know, insolvent. It's about 63% solvent, uh, right. 47% uh, or 37% uh, insolvent. Tell us why that's important, especially when it comes to state workers, people who have invested in this their entire life. Right. Well, well these are these re retirement funds that we basically have set up for these people. And also, we had some actually some far reaching, far forward looking people back in the 1950s who said, hey, look, we've got a depleting asset in oil. Well, we need to plus it up through a permanent fund so that as oil depletes, we have wealth for future generations. Good on those guys. What they didn't anticipate was how much corruption there was in this state and how these hundreds of billions of dollars would be attracting or attracting all these people. Can you recognize that, corruption, uh, Brigadier G General Greg Zanetti, when you look at a financial seat and you, uh, you right. see some of this stuff, you can see why people are attracted to this. And we've been giving this stuff away, right? Can you, right. Can you stop that? Well, yes, because I understand what a credit default swap is. I understand what derivatives are. And again, these are skill sets you develop over time. Bernie Madoff just uh, passed away. I know. I mean, and these are the things that, you know, it, we, we see Epstein, you know, the largest right. uh, uh, making uh, markets move one way or the other. There was right. a reason why they were here in New Mexico. And Eddie, it went on for decades with Bernie Madoff and it's gone on for decades here. And you're right in these massive funds with billions and billions of dollars. Ah, if a million here goes out, the million there, 10 million they don't here. Miss it. Right. They don't miss it. And, and no one understands this stuff. So they lay these numbers down in front of a governor who can't even read the balance sheet or you relate in front of auditors who are really just political appointees, and you start to realize how much New Mexicans are losing from the wealth that was given to us by, we've talked about this, wealth from the earth, all these natural resources this state has had, all the hard work of previous generations now gets pilfered off to go off to, what, take care of a, an elite group of people at the very top? 
It, it, it's outrageous. Yeah, it is absolutely outrageous. Really, Brigadier General Greg Zanetti running for governor of the state of New Mexico, talking about corruption, the uh, the, the the permanent fund, you know, these things right. that are here that are very, very important. And I, I kind of want to go to our sort of latest uh, goings on, if you will, uh, General Zanetti. And that, of course, is, well, what's happened with Richard Branson? We had July 9th. Oh Dowd and I covered it very heavily. And right. we see this money just being pilfered. He's now along with Chamath Palapatia being investigated. Um, and you see this happening on Wall Street. And right. we have printed out to the tune of, I don't know, a couple, out of three, four, five, uh, half a billion dollars. Who's missing that kind of money? Where we launched these rockets and, and realized that, well, it's anything but a rocket and it's anything but successful. And, um, you know, I, I believe that that's in, happens to be just uh, coincidentally in Rebecca Dow's backyard or she's right. having to do. And she was a big supporter uh, of that, but she's also had come out and said that that's not the main tenant. There's other tenants that are there. Talk about the space industry and and talk about this deal with Virgin Galactic and you know how Richard Branson and all this sort of factors into future investments for the state of New Mexico because we can't call it an investment. We have yet to make a dollar. Right, and this is what we call selling a story on Wall Street, but it has nothing to it. And so, back in in my world, we have known that Richard Branson is a flim flam man for 15, 20 years. He's a guy kind of chasing his libido around the world and ripping people off one after another. Literally, after another. the guy started on a barge promoting the sex pistols. Right, the sex pistols. Right, and he's got this huge personality, and because he's a celebrity. Oh, you know, the leaders in New Mexico get all starry-eyed uh, to support it. But then there's a group at the top who say, hey, wait a minute, we can use this to then pill for money off. We'll sell the story of space. New Mexico will be the leader. And what happens is we've gone from what? We're supposed to have 600 launches per year. What are we down to? One? It's it's never going to make money. And And we've tied ourselves to one company. We tied ourselves to Richard Branson who's basically a scam artist. He's like Bernie Madoff. Have you been down there? Have you yeah. taken a look at uh, what, what What do you see? What's the feedback? Nothing. Is there really multi-tenancy? I mean, I've seen no. some of the construction. No, it's it's not that? No. I, I mean, you've got a full-time fire department down there. Well, Rebecca to told me that law. there was multiple tenants that were over there. So I'm, I'm, I'm going along with that story because I, I figured that was in her backyard. I'd really like to know. I haven't been down there, but I'd really like to know what truly is going down there because this is one of the things that Bill Richardson, Michelle Lujan Grisham, both have right. hung their hats on. They were there last year during the launch running this mirage of success. Right. And it was anything but as we have now uh, learned. Right. And so you, when you travel down that road, what you don't see is you don't see traffic like you'd see coming out of Sandia Base. You've got a facility that's deteriorating already just because it's out in the sun and the dust and the elements. and you see something that's deteriorated over the past uh, 10, 15 years. Yeah, yeah. And you just think, what's going on here? Right. And what's going on is a scam. And we have lost hundreds of, we have lost hundreds of millions of dollars as a result. And people just don't want to admit it yet because we're heading toward an election. You have the media cheerleaders. We have uh, Kevin Robinson, Avila. We have a lot of other people who jump into this story and they say it's good, but how long can we continue to sell this as something that's good when we don't have anything to show for this? And now we also know that there's other things, including not just the State Investment Council, the New Mexico Finance Authority. We've got uh, the, the people who are running things, quote unquote, running things up there. And they're just continuing to put in money, you know, hand over foot on this thing, thinking for the next thing. And we aren't going to have a launch this year and may not have a launch maybe ever again, but definitely not until 2023. Right. 
And so, okay, so now maybe we have to start thinking about how do we repurpose this? Okay. What do we do with it? Yeah, what do you do with a large slate of c- concrete in the middle of nowhere? You turn it into a uh, concert venue? <laughs> Coachella? <laughs> Coachella, New well, Mexico. Well, yeah, I put I all those, uh, you know, I have all those stickers behind you because of all the, the different pop culture things. But, I mean, at this point, driving to the middle of nowhere, heck, if Branson could come over the pond, might as well just turn it into the next Coachella. How do you, how would you propose uh, repurposing something like that, uh, General Zanetti? Oh, you're probably going to have to privatize it and see what you could do there. And I would say this. If you look at some of the patents that Lockheed Martin, the U.S. Navy, the U.S. Air Force have applied okay. for, for some advanced aircraft that may need a place, and these are aircraft that go into space and do these amazing things. Well, why are we researching it, building it, uh, testing it here? We've got a lot of open sky. We've got a facility down there that is clearly underutilized. Maybe the governor ought to be in the, I don't know, the foyer of Lockheed Martin saying, what's it going to take for you to bring it here? And let's test it and make it work here in New Mexico. Maybe something like that. Mm -hmm. But we have to start looking past Branson because clearly this isn't working. Well, let's talk about that for a moment. Something you've introduced to our audience here, which is hypersonic. Uh, We talked about uh, hypersonic because those are the missiles that are going to be being sent into the Ukraine by Russia. Uh, By the way, that's advanced technology, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, For a qualification, uh, General Zanetti, you know something about hypersonic uh, coming from the Army uh, uh, World College and all these other things. What is hypersonic for our listeners? Well, they they travel at multiples times the speed of sound. So it's a a missile that basically they're launching from an aircraft right now. It's the one they're using in Russia, but it travels 10 times the speed of sound and it is maneuverable. And so, Eddie, it can either work the way they're using it in Ukraine right now to bring in this missile at a speed where you don't even have time for a warning. It just boom. And we don't have this yet. They also have hypersonics that will go into space, which basically gives them limitless range. Then they come back down through the atmosphere at these, these amazing speeds. And, you, and because they're maneuverable, unlike a ballistic missile that goes up and down like a softball, well, these you can guide. You oh, won't wow. Know, you won't know until within three or four seconds if this missile is going to hit Memphis or Detroit. Yeah. And we've admitted we don't have a defense for this. Yeah. So, by the way, all the war hawks out there saying, let's go get the Russians. You might want to think this through. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to start World War III over something that is not of U.S. strategic interest. And that doesn't mean that I like Putin. It doesn't mean that I am supporting him. And what I'm saying is there's a much bigger picture here. Let's think it through. Yeah, I think uh, the other thing that's important is you were talking also about hypersonic planes. You mentioned Lockheed Martin. They're in my building right. where our radio station is uh, is located. Well, that hypersonic uh, sort of technology that's right. out there, what you would be repurposing uh, for the length of the uh, runway that's out there would be for exactly that type of thing. A private company that could have their private airport in the middle of nowhere right. uh, where they first, um, I shouldn't say nowhere, but in the middle of uh, near TRC. Uh, that would be over there. And it just, it, it for an advanced uh, technology company doing hypersonic launches rather than going into space, that makes a lot more sense, uh, I would think, uh, for that type of investment. Right. And so if the, what we're doing now isn't working, why are we doubling down, doubling down, unless there's just more corruption and more, more money that needs to be taken before they think they're done with this thing. And plus the story sells. Right. We're for space. Right. You know, oh, Zanetti and Aragon, they're against, nobody's here is against space. We're right. just tired of being ripped off. Yeah, and it is. It's a complete and total ripoff, and that's why they're being investigated. Uh, and we'll get into that on future shows, Chamath Balapatia. But I want to shift gears here because there is a way 
that we could have capitalized off of COVID and by not participating in this massive shutdown, which is also a right. fraud, which is also a sham. Right. Uh, I was locking down schools, the worst thing we could have ever done. I think uh, not allowing, you know, you just recently somebody, lost somebody in your family. If you didn't have those last moments to say goodbye, right. you know, to your mother-in-law, if you weren't able, or your father-in-law, excuse me, if you weren't able to do any of those types of things. And that's one of the things that we deprived many, many 7,000 plus families, not giving those 7,000 plus right. families a chance to kind of say goodbye for the final last time. And then of course right. we've got on the flip side, um, well, now we're uh, natural resource rich. You've, you've uh, talked a lot about that. We could have come out on the positive side to possibly of, of production of oil, which is exactly what's right. happening now. We're at 420, I think a gallon, 415, 420 a gallon, I think is what I paid the other day. So just talk about how you would have handled COVID differently how you'll handle, you know, the energy uh, differently. You've got relationships down in the South. You've been traveling uh, throughout right. the South. You know a lot about the oil and gas industry. And then, of course, you know about our natural uh, resource um, richness here in the state of New Mexico and how we can capitalize on that. Well, I always side on the, the side of liberty. And so when you start getting top-down, autocratic, everybody's going to do this and you will obey orders, you, you pretty much know you're on the wrong track, which is exactly how MLG handled all this. Well, that's not leadership. That's just dictatorship. And anybody can do that. And so what Wait, happened? You don't have dictators or you're a military guy. Didn't you just run around just putting fingers in people's chests and telling them <sighs> do this or else? Like that form of disrespect. I, I've never found, found more respectful people than I have who have been in the military, particularly the army. Right. You know, and I think that everyone knows that one of the times I cried was when I saw the uh, military uh, perform both the Marines and the army. And they do all these drills out there in the mall in the middle right. of that. And it's like just the amount of respect that they have, not just right. for the flag, for this country, but for each other, I think is big. Michelle Lujan Grisham has lost that on style points in every way, shape and form. And that's what people really feel the tyrannical government has become right. under her leadership. Well, it's just a different way to view leadership. I mean, people used to say to me, Greg, what was it like having you know, thousands of people work for you at Guantanamo Bay? I thought, man, you don't get it. Uh, I'm, they didn't work for me. I worked for them. The whole idea of being a general is first to protect the troops from the BS that comes down from above because everybody wants to be the armchair quarterback, the armchair commander, and they will try to dictate down and bypass you. And the second thing you, you must do is you've got to resource these amazing men and women and let them be creative, industrious, uh, have, have their own uh, authority over what they're doing. And watch what happens. If you work from the bottom up, if you, throughout your chain of command, if everybody's working, the general is working for, the, you know, the staff and the commanders, commanders are working for the NCOs, the NCOs right. are working all the way down to the private level, you watch what happens. Everything will be successful. There is order. There is uh, right form to this. There's organization, uh, there's directives, there's leadership. Right. Whoa, right. let's just talk about that for a second, because that's something that we obviously are lacking. We wouldn't be in the doldrums the way we are. Right. 50th in education, 50th in, well, pick your category, uh, New Mexico's right. dead last. And, and, you know, on well, we have not had a business person. I kind of want to get back to that. Remember, um, U.S. under Donald Trump, a businessman and a man who understand and respected military. Right. I love those times when he's like, you know, saluting when he's out there uh, going to the Army Navy games, which right. is great. You know, you know what they say about well, anyway, uh, he was at all of those. He attended all of those football games. And I think right. that level of respect was there, but it showed most of all, he is the commander in chief. 
right. a leader. And, you know, we've had <clears throat> nothing against uh, females or anything like that, but we haven't had a um, quote unquote commander in chief. What would you call a female who's in chief? Or the commanderess in chief? No, no, the commander in chief. Same yeah. thing? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so you would probably have, we, we kind of need that, I think, uh, here in this state to sort of kind of give the other 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 people a term, so to speak, uh, uh, in, in this world of, of politics switching back and forth. So address that, just leadership in general here in the state. Well, I mean, what we have is a governor who basically believes in uh, leadership by decree, leadership by pronouncements. I declare we shall shut down every business uh, or every restaurant to 25%. Why 25? Why not 24? Why not 28? I mean, it's just made up random stuff. And it comes down from the top where it applies to JAL, New Mexico, the same way it applies to the Northeast Heights in Albuquerque. Leadership like that doesn't make any sense at all. You, you have to listen to those, to the people that, who, who are right. affected by all of this and you'll start making better policy. And what you'll find is the more you retreat, the more that you stop crowding everything out, watch what happens. And if you're looking for a common denominator right now, Eddie, and the problems in New Mexico, it's government crowding things out. And you saw it during COVID. What, we had to shut down the churches. What, government crowding out God? Let's see, we shut down all the schools. Government crowding out the teachers and the parents and even the kids. And you wonder why education is so lousy. Let's see, we shut down the small and medium-sized businesses. Oh, but those big guys who donate to my campaign. Essential, non-essential, right? right? Yeah. I Government mean, uh, crowding out business. Yeah, I, I, I really saw that too, as well as the PRC and- right her uh, sweetheart deal that she ran uh, with. And let's just talk about this. No one's addressing this, not a single person. One thing that we know has gone up and you know about this when right. it comes to utility, natural resources is utilities. We have the right. uh, biggest public utility in the entire country. One of them, I should say, in the public service company of New Mexico. The PRC is now working entirely underneath the governor. They even moved her out of the office. They, right. I think just talk about this in terms of leadership and I think the amount of corruption that we see in our current leadership in the state. Well, the, the leadership here is geared toward how much can I get for me and not how can I help the people of New Mexico? That's basically how this has gone down. You're, if you win an election, all right, now I have my opportunity to get, get some, you know, before everything goes away, I'm going to get some of this money. I mean, the corruption's off the charts here. And meanwhile, nobody wants to talk about it. Well, that's just New Mexico. Well, yeah, but the poor and the middle class are just getting crushed. And so this is one of the reasons I'm running. Let's try to help save the poor and the middle class of this state. And we have all, all the resources and all of the intellectual capacity to do it. And we could turn this state around just like this. But you have to change the culture. And to change the culture, it starts at the top down. When leadership changes, you'll see military units change, businesses change. As soon as leadership comes in and says, no, no, we're not going to operate like this. All this stuff that hasn't been working, we're not doing it anymore. We're going to change. We're speaking with Brigadier General Greg Zanetti. He is running for governor of the state of New Mexico. He's this businessman, military background. And, you know, uh, Greg, uh, I don't know what a Brigadier General really is because I'm not from the military. But uh, how far is that from the, uh, the top, if you don't mind speaking about that? Oh, my, my son used to joke, it's beginning general. So it's, oh, wow. <laughs> think of it oh, that way. <laughs> yeah, he, he likes to rib you a little bit, huh? <laughs> well, it was the, really the highest rank I could get in the state of New Mexico yeah. uh, without becoming the adjutant general. And the yeah. adjutant general is a two-star. 
But Eddie, that's basically a political appointee. Okay. And I never wanted to be a political appointee wearing uniform. Not that they're not important. They are. But I always wanted to be with the troops. I always wanted to be in the combat side of things. Yeah. Because that's what New Mexico is going to need right now. Yeah. We're going to need someone who's willing to fight to change this state in a smart, strategic way and not just go in there and say, you know, throw insults out. That's not going to change anything. Right. What are we going to do foundationally to turn this state around, given all of the wealth in this state? That's what this campaign is all about. Yeah, I think so. I think, uh, well, your campaign certainly is. Other campaigns are, are, are not. Uh, you know, we haven't talked about your family. Um, you're close with your, your kids. You see them oh, yeah. often. I mean, tell me about your relationship, your kids uh, and, and your wife, of course, who is your sure. high school sweetheart. And, you know, well, give us a story. We want to, what's, what's the, <laughs> tell us about the Zanetti family. Oh, yeah. Teresa the, and I met it, at Valley share, High School. <laughs> share your Italian uh, 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 stories about, uh, you know, competing pasta sauces for all I care. <laughs> no, the, the family came here in 1958. Dad worked for Livermore Labs out in California, and they transferred him to Sandia. Oh, a smart guy. Look at that. Oh, yeah. Dad and, and my mom was in education here her entire life. She started as a teacher at Hayes Junior High School and eventually ended up as the principal at Sandia High School. Meanwhile, dad was on the school board here twice, and he was he was actually president at the University of Albuquerque when we had that back here, the Catholic University that's now St. Pius. A lot of good graduates. They I are. went there, you know, the University of Albuquerque. In fact, um, you know, I, I've known a lot of prominent people who graduated from the University of Albuquerque here in school. our business. It was, it was one of the best. It was. And, but, you know, kind of like New Mexico, we had to move everything up to the top. Heaven forbid you had you know, small, strong, private, you know, universities in the state. But anyway, and then, I don't know, Teresa and I met in in high school. And then it was kind of like any high school relationship, you know, she kept dumping me and then I'd keep pleading for her to come back. And finally, she agreed. You didn't quit. You just kept going. No, I kept going. Wow. You just had, had that's, that's exciting. I that's a, the girl. All right. That's, that's, you got the girl. So, you got the girl. And well, then she's uh, the you, homecoming queen. I she this. was. Yeah. Wow. I know. Oh, that's, but, uh, that's, I didn't, I did not know that you never talked about this. I didn't know about, you've never been one to talk about, you know, much about your family. Uh, no. You've always been giving advice. And then, you know, I, I, this is really the first I've heard of your son. So uh, tell us about the, tell us about the boys. Well, let's see. We have two boys, Daniel and Michael. One is 28, one is 26, almost 27. Uh, one is still up in Washington State. And Eddie, it's one of, another reason why I'm running. He said, Dad, I'm not coming back to New Mexico. There's nothing for me there. And so he's working for Amazon and doing well up there. And then we have another son, 26 years old. He's here in New Mexico, but he's starting to talk the same way. Dad, I want to stay, but... And, you know, what are the opportunities going to be? And I'm saying, look, just hang in there. So I'm elected governor. Wow. You're not going to get a state job, but. So you have something bigger on the line We're going to turn this state around. You're trying to put the gang all back together again. You're, you got something much bigger of here course. on the line. You're trying to get the, the, the familia back here to uh, Burke so we can have some uh, beans, burritos, <laughs> chili, right. salsa, balloons, uh, beer, whatever. I mean, yeah. I, I don't even think you. Uh, do you drink? Oh, sure. Oh, you do? Yeah. No, what what kind of beer do you drinker. What kind of beer you like? Actually, I like Modelo. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like the dark especial? Yeah. Oh, that's the one I go for. <laughs> so there, there you go. I didn't know that Paul Allen uh, actually had owned, I think he owned Soul, if I'm not mistaken. 
Yes. Uh, yeah, is that correct? Wow. Yeah, you, what is kind of a weird thing out there, but that. yeah, as I think Paul, well, not only did he own the Seattle Supersonics and the <laughs> Seattle Seahawks, but he also owns some beer. Uh, beer is a big business here in right. the uh, state of New Mexico. We pride ourselves now on our IPAs and stuff like and that. We and we should be. Yeah? Yeah. Tell me They're about it. They're from the bottom up. I mean, think, think what happened here when we let them run free, Eddie. When we let New Mexicans, you know, say, all right, open up, you know, go ahead, brew beer, watch what happens. Then they started bringing in the food trucks to take care of this. So they didn't have to go through all the licensing with the state. Well, and that makes a lot of sense, given that we shut down every restaurant. At least right. we still had food trucks because you can't walk inside a food truck and eat. And uh, let's, uh, you know, I'm a commercial real estate broker. Right. Let's not forget about what it's done to the industrial space. It's soaked up. Right. We have almost 0% vacancy because, right. well, between this business and that business, but a lot of brew places, I mean, it is eating up everything. Uh, thank God for those two things that sort of uh, kind of getting us through is, you know, right. the absorption of commercial real estate. Tell me that about that as an asset, real estate. It's about 16, 17% of our entire economy. Right. It's the largest purchase that we make. We see these interest rates now stepping up. Yeah, that's I know, and, and that's one of the things that I know that uh, we've been able to, you know, been a bright uh, part of the economy, but nobody's really talking about it. Uh, speak about real estate. I, I believe that you recently transacted a real estate transaction for you and your family. And uh, this is one of the most affordable places it to is. live. And people from other places are coming here and wanting to live here, not just for our great four seasons and the wonderful people, but also for the uh, quite affordable real estate. Right. And when you turn the private sector loose, like we do in real estate, the miracles happen. And we build, we build amazing homes here and in record time. And that we're able to put this quality product up in such a short period of time and it, and to make it affordable especially with what's happening with lumber and concrete and all of the, even stucco that they've been, we've been able to pull this off is a testament to, I don't know, a real estate industry from top to bottom, not only building these homes, but then having the realtors out there, man, they hustle. And then the, these, the mortgage people who are able to find these loans to make people, make it all work. And then the, or the appraisers and the insurers and so on and so forth, if there's a bright spot in New Mexico's economy, again, it's the private sector where government is not involved much, it flourishes. Meanwhile, if we do the what we do in oil, we just try to crush right. it. They're trying every day to overcome yeah. the government's rules and regulations. We stopped the leases, the fracking. And that, no, right. remember, that's really the first real estate in the state of New Mexico, I believe, was oil. I right. mean, you watch that uh, great movie, There Will Be Blood. He's in New Mexico. <laughs> he gets blasted. But that that really was it. That was the the start of everything. And let's kind of bring it all back here. And, okay. and, you know, we learned about your leadership. We learned about who you are, what you do, that you've been working in the private sector. But when you talk about the people who are really not just providing the jobs, but people working okay. uh, their jobs. And that's why I green light you all day on this. And I think it's really important to note, uh, Greg, is that you are helping the people keep their money and their capital here in the state of New Mexico. Right. It is taxed too much. Yes, we did have a small, tiny little reduction in the gross receipts right. tax, but uh, that doesn't really matter. It's a regressive tax. And I know that right. part of your platform is to get rid of the gross receipts tax uh, altogether because it keeps compounding. But these small businesses, you invest their money, the owners right. of these businesses, you invest their money and then they have to have money so that they can say, you know what, we'll take care of you. You don't have to quit your job during COVID. We're going to keep right. you coming back and all that. Talk about those people because those are the people that keep everything running in the state of Mexico. Restaurant owners, construction company right. owners, uh, business owners of shops of various sites, from breweries to uh, 
you know, balloon companies. Uh, it doesn't matter who it is. You have been trying to help these people. Tell me what they're thinking about the future of the state of New Mexico. And please tell me that they're not thinking about moving to Texas, Arizona, or Colorado. Uh, I wish I could tell you that, but they are thinking that. And so we have to turn this state around now because they are demoralized, many of them. And, and I don't blame them but with this governor. So can we turn it around? Yes, we have to give them hope. And they want to stay because they love this state just like you love the state, just like I love this state. And Eddie, one of the things that I get all the time is uh, thank you for your service. And I want to say back, no, no, <laughs> thank you for your service. Uh, the people you just described, the people who have this high duty concept of getting up at 4 a.m. and, you know, doing their books, taking care of the kids. and Time to make up. the donuts. Right. I made the donuts yeah, every right. day. I mean, the owners of Monroe's, you know, I know Kathy, right. you know, uh, the owners of Cervantes and, and that family that's been there since 75. Like these are institutions. And now we see vacant storefront after vacant storefront after right. vacant storefront. And the big companies coming right. in just like just rolling right. us over. And it's got to be just the opposite. How can we help you? Uh, our, the attitude can't be, oh, how much can we take from you in a gross receipts tax so that we can grow government ever bigger? It's got to be the exact opposite. We should almost, we, not almost, we should set up a concierge service in this state where if you have a business or you're starting a business, it should go something like this. Uh, sir, I've been assigned to you to make sure you get through all the permitting process that we make sure you're in compliance with all the rules and regulations. I have one week to get you ready to go. So, and by the way, there's some, there's some office space or there's th these companies in this part of town that might really dovetail with what you want to do. We think we can probably position you there and whatever wow. we can do to help, let us do it. And you are singing uh, my song. Uh, I've always been about this Albuquerque economic development. Uh, didn't do this very well. Got to right. go out and get everybody through the hoops. Uh, we talk about these companies that recruit 500. They never show up. Right. Orion, 1,000, nothing ever happened. Uh, oh, we got 2,000. It seems to be just like this platitude, and we have more and more and more and more vacancy, and the government getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Hey, we're right. doing this massive hiring thing. That's not going to pay for government. And when you have you know, all of these people who work for the state of New Mexico that aren't going to have a pension in 20 years because right. we used it all because we spent too much money. Then we've got some real problems. And those are for my children and your grandchildren, Greg, here in the state. Right. And so what you need, right? You need a governor in there who understands money, who understands business and who understands public safety and the border, because these are all going to be the big issues coming at us right now. And even with respect to education, I mean, Eddie, always follow the money with education. We've talked about this. You've got to shrink the public education department. That's the crowding out, you know, bureaucracy. You got to push the power and authority back down. Trust the people at okay. the local level. And always, again, the money. The money right in, ed in education starts with politicians. Then it flows to bureaucrats. Then it flows to unions. Then the money flows to administrators, teacher, parent, child. Flip it. Have the money start with the child. And it follows the child everywhere. You're for school choice. Absolutely. Okay. Tell hey. me about uh, school choice. How quickly can we make that happen? Um, is that something that can happen in a generation, in 10 years, next year, if oh, you're no, no. governor of the state yeah. of New Mexico no, or no. when you're governor? We could start this right away. And the, I believe there are enough conservative Democrats who realize this isn't working. And the parents out there, it, they're talking to their conservative Democrat legislators saying, look, this isn't working anymore. Let's give it a try and empower us. No, no, we could make that change really quickly and start drawing the state closer together and uh, start with the kids. We can all agree on the kids. 
And uh, you watch. We'll turn this state around. Greg, uh, thank you so much for being here. I know you as Greg, uh, Brigadier yeah. General Greg Zanetti. Running for the state of uh, governor, uh, state of New Mexico for governor. Uh, how can people get in contact with you? How can they support your campaign? And tell me what's happening over the, the next few days for your campaign. <laughs> fundraiser after fundraiser after fundraiser. How's that going? It's going well. Okay. And it's all grassroots. Okay. We're not getting huge PAC money in, which is good. You don't want your governor being bought as soon as you know he or she's elected. And so, no, we're, we're pleased. And we're seeing ourselves coming up in the polls, which we're really excited about. Yeah, I saw that. That's uh, one of the reasons I said, Dave, it's time for, for you to go ahead and speak up about what's going on, which is uh, pretty exciting. Yeah. I mean, who do you want governing this state? Yeah. Uh, a weatherman or a general? Okay. That's basically what it comes down to. And that's, Make that uh, decision. that's you're, you're trailing Ron Kennedy by just a couple of points on the latest poll. And yeah. it looks uh, looks pretty good for you. It looks pretty promising. We're so you must be at the right time. That's good. All right. And we're left less than, uh, what, 70 days away from that uh, big primary that's coming out. How, how are you going to get oh. people to tune, uh, turn out? Oh, good. First, go to ZanettiForGovernor.com, volunteer for the race. And uh, again, ZanettiForGovernor.com. And uh, let's let's change New Mexico. Greg, thanks for being here. Back after, well, no, we'll see you tomorrow at 4 p.m. As always, right here in the Kiva on AM 1600 KIVA, ABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com. Stay tuned. Bill O'Reilly is next. Here we go, life's waiting to begin